Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Super Show podcast. I'm your host for this week, Jamie. And uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you because I can't tell you how happy I am to see your smiling face for you to have joined us, even though you're still fighting back to full fitness and full health with your croaky throat. Um, yes, mate. It's, can, it's, can you give us a little, te- like a teaser, like give us a grumble or a growl? Uh, is that, that, yeah, that's like that's my kind of ASMR. I'm going to whack off to that later. Yeah, later. that's my um my take on what's called like uh, Mongolian throat singing. I, I hear it's a popular sort of like subgenre within the ASMR kind of scene. So <laughs> I feel like our subs have just gone up. But listen, top. yeah, guaranteed. This is this is the best it's going to sound this entire podcast. Because the more I speak, the more strain I'm going to fucking get. It's, 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 by the end of it, it's going to be fucking ridiculous. Strain or no strain, I'm just glad you're here. It, it just felt kind of fitting that in a week that we actually got our first tangible look at footage of an Avatar sequel, Kendrick Lamar is releasing music again, and Nintendo put on one of the worst indie showcases of all time, <laughs> and there's still no Hollow Knight. We should add to this series of freak events by actually having a full house and a full house wouldn't be full without Jonesy being here as well. Oh, Can you give hello. us a... Like, your throat's fine, but I kind of want to hear you growl as well now. Do you know what? I listened back to last week's podcast, and I forgot, but I did have a bit of a thro- frog in my throat, and, and it's it's gone now, but I was a little bit growly. I was a little bit... You see what there you did, go. Jonesy? You did that thing where there's, like, the hot girls always, like, um, surround themselves with, like, not-so-hot-looking girls so that they look even hotter. <laughs> right. What you did is you surrounded yourself with me and my germ-addled throat that you didn't sound as bad. That Yes, that is what I did. I did. Although this does now give me some kind of reason to believe that our Mongolian throat singing project doesn't have to be a solo act now. I think we've got a bit of a group coming together here. Like, I think if you two harmonized a little bit and I provided, you know, nice, clear, lush Western vocals over the top... <laughs> That's that's what they're called, like in generic terms, Western lush vocals. Western vocals. When you yeah, say that, get, for whatever, that's what I bring to the table. Lush for whatever reason. <laughs> Listen, maybe because I've been watching Outer Range, but when you say that, I just think about that song where it's like, what's it called? Like, are you man enough for some shit? And it's the cowboy in the in the mountain range. Ah! Oh, right. That thing. I thought I was, when you said, are you man enough? I was thinking of a completely different song. A song which, I, yeah. Yeah. I think I was thinking of the same one you were, Jamie. But we need to get Bono in here. He loves a bit of throat singing. We do need to get, we need to get Bono in here for a whole host of reasons. Not just for throat singing, but also, I just want to discuss his music career. Oh yeah, you too. Yeah, big time. I want to know what he couldn't live with or without. That's the big mystery. People <laughs> assume it's a woman. I think it's his fleshlight. Oh. He couldn't be bothered to clean it. Bono notoriously lazy. Well, that's like the thing with a meatloaf. We're never going to find out what he wouldn't do. I see. I thought it was anal. No, you guys are no, missing. He was well you're missing anal. it. It's the, it's the ultimate uh, fulfillment of that thing you wouldn't do. Live. Oh, oh, is that why he died? Yeah, he wouldn't live for love. I would do for anything for, for love, but I won't live. So I've died. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there you go. A man of his word, really. So fair play. Exactly. Got uh, to what resp- kind of a podcast are we again? I think I think we're, I see where we're starting to unravel. Yeah, we're a music theory and music history podcast, which is why we're here to discuss the secret intentions of the legends of the music industry, such as Bono and Meatloaf. Um, and I would encourage actively 
anyone listening or watching to this podcast to join in with our music theory discussions. You can do so on YouTube if you're watching us there. There's a little comment section down below. Chime in, get involved. Do you think Bono's blind or do you think he wears those glasses as a fashion statement? Let us know. And you can also chat with us over on Twitter. The handle there is at SuperShowPod. Chris is usually manning the Twitter handle 24-7. So if you feel like there's a message you need to get to us urgently, that's the place to do it. Can can I give a very quick, you know, like let's do it. Let, let's 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 front load this mother, okay? Because yeah. we have gotten people reaching out, loads of people, in fact, tweeting at us. Hang on, what, what what's the super show version of loads? I'm desperate to know. Is Three. it two? Um, maybe ten, maybe more. Uh, um, wow, you know what? that's way more than I expected. Tweet tweets, not DMs. The only DM we got was from. Mm, let's see, on a second. Manuel Guerrero, which we know, we'll, nice. we'll find out about that in, in just a little bit. And Peaswad, um, sending me a video of his nipple. Hang um, on. See, first of all, that's fascinating. Why haven't you shared that with me and Jonesy already? Like, nah, that should be that, like, that's, shared super show nah, material. That's for my spank bank, buddy. Also, I'm pretty sure lying. that if you, get, if you watch him on Twitch, you can see them anyway, I'm pretty sure. No, because no, he wears the coconut the bra. Ah, oh, the coconut bra. He used bra. to. He I don't know if he does it bra. anymore. He stopped doing it. Um, also, Chris, you're lying because I know the suit for a fact. The Super Show Twitter account got a DM nah. on Thursday, the fifth of May, no, at bro. about twelve AM UK time, Great Greenwich Mean Time. You're wrong, buddy. Um, it was uh, it was caught by spam filters. So, no, nothing came through. Okay, classic Twitter spam filters. Always keeping an eye out for the throat goats. You don't want to let them slip through. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, Peaswad did accurately predict exactly what you had. Messaged super show. Yes. No, and oh, yeah, like fair, fair play. That's exactly what I did. I DM'd Chris, aka the super show, and, and reminded him that he was the throat goat. And throat goat. I want to let you all know that if you want to listen to the throat goat in his element, and maybe you're watching him right now, if so, hi, uh, you can do so on major podcasting platforms. Spotify is one of them, iTunes is another, Google Podcasts is a third. There are fourth and fifth and sixths, but those are for you to discover, not for us to tell you. So go out do some research, and listen to the audio version of this podcast because uh, it's a fun way to experience the Super Show. Wouldn't you say? Great way to experience the Super Show. Josie, that was rhetorical. You're really fucking... It's like mescaline. It's it's like mescaline. It's the only way to fly. Mescaline? What? Is that an airway? Love it. No, I don't don't know what mescaline is. It sounds like... um, The drug. Have you not seen um, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? You take the mescaline and everyone becomes lizard people. You haven't seen it's, it? Uh, I have not. Do you know what's ironic? I have not watched a two-hour-long Johnny Depp film, but I've probably watched about 27 hours <laughs> of concurrent Johnny Depp court footage live. I mean, haven't we all? It's been absolutely... Well, it's, it's on break now, but it has been it's absolutely it's fucking... It's coming back, coming back next week, right? Nothing I, like I'm, a, Sorry. I've, I was going to say the latest I've seen about the trial is that I've only seen a, a, a title um, cut off, admittedly, on YouTube from the quartering. And I'm going to just oh, take all of go. my knowledge from that. And it says that Amber Heard's about to go to jail. So, oh, wow. What you were. I saw the quartering earlier on Twitter because he was having, I, I was, I'm, I'm not going to call it a fight because it was too brief for that, but he was having a disagreement with the voice actor of none other than Solid Snake. Um, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Why? What is um, he? Well, to, to be fair, it was, they were, they were both, it was two wrongs making a dumb fucking situation. That's what it was. <laughs> 
because David Hayter. <laughs> yep, that's the that's quartering. Guy's that's name. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah, because the quartering jumps on stuff, and he like you know he pushes buttons and he tries to stoke flames. And the best thing that can happen to him and his content and his thumbnails and his titles is getting in a fight with a minor celebrity. It's like fucking yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's you know, Alden. Yeah, exactly. He's gold. Um, but D- D- David Hayter, for as much as he seems like a regular guy, he put out a pretty stupid tweet to begin with. I think he insinuated that he was going to sell his Tesla or something like that because of um, Elon, Elon Musk, Musk or something weird like that, or, re- or regretting buying a Tesla or something weird like that. And the quartering jumped on it was like, oh, I see you've got a problem with free speech then. Um, the and, leap. and then yeah. David Hayter was like, I think you misspelled, I forget what the word was, it's called like sedition or something like that, which yeah. is like speech that like incite, potentially incites um, you know, violence or criminal yeah. behavior or uprising against a government or whatever. And so it was dumb. It was, again, it was it was exactly what the quartering goes out yeah. there looking for and exactly the kind of shit that a voice actor of Silver Snake shouldn't rise to. Wow. Yeah. But then, to be fair, not spoken about him for a long time, so maybe that's exactly what he's trying to do as well. He's trying to get his uh, people yeah. to mention him. Trying to get his time in the limelight again. Um, yeah, maybe. Well, well, I don't think I was here when you guys were speaking about uh, the fact that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Was that the week I was off? Yeah. Uh, th- yes, yeah, I it must have been last week. Yeah. No, it was the week, bef- week, week before, before or the week before that. Oh, was it the week before? Yeah, because we had a full house last week. That's Last week was when we talked about Johnny and Amber. But I think the week before was when we talked about Elon. And, I mean, we, yeah, Chris, are you leaving Twitter? Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, honestly, people need to just fucking get a grip sometimes, don't they? Like, oh, I'm going to leave a fucking thing. If, if that's the way you feel, you would never eat, like, anything... That's not grown in your own backyard ever again because it's all like picked by monkeys that get fucking molested every five seconds. Or, you know, like there's bad shit everywhere and it always feeds back into products. Like, what's the fucking difference? You can't boycott boycott everything, fellas. Okay. And besides that, you know what? I think people are giving Elon Musk a hard time, personally. I don't think he's like, like, I don't worship at the altar of Elon musk or anything but like the guys like the richest guy in the world you need to be a particular a kind of person let me just say that to be in that kind of position of course he's going to be saying and doing stupid shit but like fine so get over it yeah i have no problem with him buying twitter at all i don't yeah i don't really oh, yeah. see just get, like, just get it, over it, it. Like, it doesn't like, it doesn't affect my relationship with twitter or how much i think i'm going to use it but i i also just think that he has I think he says a lot of really dumb shit. Um, Who doesn't? I think he, we've we've built a <laughs> yeah, we've built a podcast. And okay, dumb shit. I think he's I think he stands for some really fucked up things. Like I think I like I think when he makes like like glowingly positive comments about the work ethic in China and criticizes like <laughs> yeah the three AM like, oil yeah and says they don't burn the midnight oil they burn the three AM oil it's great and meanwhile like factories out there are installing nets so their employees can't kill themselves anymore. And they're locking the employees inside the factories. Yeah, okay. I think comment observations I, like that are short-sighted. I, I think the problem with with Elon Musk, and we probably should move on from this because we could talk about this forever. <laughs> Maybe the, the problem that people have with Elon Musk is they they misunderstand him. Okay, I'm not saying that he's saying anything right or wrong or whatever it might be, but he he's a lizard person. And he doesn't think like a real person. So that's True. just how it is. No, but really what I'm saying is like the guy has admitted himself that he's on the spectrum. 
So there is a difference in the way that he sees things to the way that, let's say, a general population would see things. Not necessarily that, you know, like, yes, he may think it's fantastic, or he might just think that he's being edgy with an edgy bit of a joke that actually is not hitting and no one gets it. And he's just that awkward guy who's just like, right, guys? Yeah? There's, but there's also the problem, I think, with people like that, that people do a very strange thing in that they, in one one breath, they'll say they're not better than me, like the people at the top. <laughs> yeah. And then on the other hand, they'll expect them to be a million times better than them at all points. Like, that does, just because he's the richest man in the world, that doesn't make him smarter than most oh, of the people on Jonesy, Twitter. What, what did like I say? Just, what did I say? Like, maybe, what was it, 40 fucking episodes ago when we were talking about, like, YouTubers and all the shitty fucking things that they do. And I said, who, who automatically thought that a YouTuber would have, like, the best moral compass of a community? <laughs> right. Like, yes. so, the guy's fucking rich and he runs companies and now you expect him to care about human rights. Like, he doesn't have to. He doesn't want to. He's a person. Do whatever the fuck he wants. He probably has no idea about, like, the fact of... Of course you know, he like, has no idea. This is, but then there's a funny yeah, thing. Busy, some, busy going getting fucking hand jobs by Grimes and <laughs> naming his children all fucking weird uh, alphabets. I bet he's had one hand job from Grimes ever, and that's it. And then she, and then uh, I bet she didn't. I bet he didn't even get to go in there. I bet they, the way that the kid was some weird like turkey-based stuff. Anyway, no, but um, th- there is a there is a strange thing I think that we're, <coughs> people will be like people will be standing in their Nikes with all like their branded stuff from like sweatshops and stuff, eating like food that's been picked by peasants who are getting paid nothing. And they'll wax lyrical about other people expecting them to be better than them online. And you think, why are they, why do you think they're going to be better than you? They're just as dumb as you are. Like, I know, but I think there's a difference between expecting someone to be better than you and calling out the fact that they're not like calling out the fact that they're not, but they're not better than, than you'd hope them to be. Doesn't mean that you expect them to be better. I think people do expect like that people observation that I be- no that observation that I just made about you know Donald, uh, Elon Musk's view on like the Chinese workforce wasn't coming from you know my disappointment at the fact that he didn't reach my expectations for his <laughs> uh, view on labor it's just an observation no, about no, a view are, that he has a, that I don't agree with there's a lot of people now that I think who who think similarly of when any any ever anything Elon Musk does they kind of seem to think that he should be the bastion of all that is like right and good like why he just made a buttload of money the guy could be completely moronic when it comes to a thousand other issues like and he is so I'm, i don't know why people seem surprised like he's yeah it's like it's like trump trump said dumb shit all the time and people seemed like almost like i can't believe he's saying dumb shit is like because he, beca- because he became the president of the united states of america That's because, and it's meant to yeah. mean something given yeah, it when other people like dumb people vote to people in you're always well, going to get that's the part of it that's how they're going to control i will well, now, say now we're getting uh, into like, politics baby well the other uh, the, the one thing i will say is and there's one unequivocally dumb thing that elon musk has done I, I can i just point out all... i don't mean i don't mean dumb it was only dumb people voting t- right in trump dumb people do ev- vote for everything let me just point that out oh, everything that happens is because everyone most of the is, world dumb. is dumb most of the world are dumb i'm yeah. saying like 95 percent of the world are i don't dumb. know i don't know why elon musk thing this is going to be the last episode we ever create As, no i was going to say one unequivocally dumb thing that elon musk has done and i think we could all agree that like no matter how you look at it it was a bad decision or grind. is that no no no. it's <laughs> investing in twitter when the real hot ticket in tech right now is paisley radio and if you head to paisleyradio.com on thursdays at 10 p.m you don't have to buy paisley radio and if you did it wouldn't cost like forty plus billion dollars, so don't worry about that. Nah, no, because fact, it's I'm sure priceless, be... man. 
Yeah, he's pr- exactly. It's priceless. Like those MasterCard adverts, they were actually all about Paisley Radio. PaisleyRadio.com. This podcast you listen to right now, broadcast out Thursdays at 10 p.m. It's repeated on Monday. So if you ever felt like getting the semi-authentic online digital radio experience of this podcast, that link one more time, PaisleyRadio.com. I said again, the next hot ticket in tech. Elon, if you're listening, there's your next investment. Oh, yeah. Your next platform. Exactly. And what a platform it is. Like, he could get the slot right after us. It's like, you know, when you want, you, you've, your show has to be after home improvements so some of the audience doesn't change channel and you get theirs. Elon could put <laughs> his big tech show after ours. He'd get all the super, you know, it's perfect. It's, you know, it's seamless. Um, wow. Yeah, can, I, can less- I put it? Hold on. Before you start, can I, can I put a yeah. request in that the next time it's all three of us recording a podcast that we just talk about games? We'll set ourselves that uh, kind of task. No one wants Just to hear it. Trust me. The games. Well, plus, plus I, th- I think we, you know, we, we're, we're doing some dangerous straddling here. I think we need to go either one way or the other. Uh, see, I, I, I'd I, love. To, I, we should do an Elon Musk cast because uh, Elon no, Musk cast. I would love to. No, because he, like you said about his tech, he makes so much dumb shit. Like that, he. I like the fact how stupid his tech often is that he talks about. He's going to do like the hyperloop. Flying people around the world in rockets. We could talk about that shit for hours. So stupid. It's great. I, I think if we could keep it funny and funky and fresh, then maybe. But I worry that that five-minute conversation we had just then illustrates we might struggle with that just a little bit. Like, it didn't take long till Donald Trump came up. So, that's that's the way I kind of, like, like figure out whether or not it's a good topic for the podcast. I've got a time-to-Trump meter. And if Trump... If Trump um, because you know one thing that Trump has absolutely nothing to do with? Yeah, uh, the development and ultimately the release of hot new video games out of Bethesda. Oh, how Although, do you know? He might um, have invested. Trump you know games. What? Trump <laughs> games. I would love that. Well, you've had Trump towers. You've had Trump stakes. Now it's time for Trump games. Um, and this is the point where I would insert a joke about the quality and the development of the game based on his time as president. But I, I feel like we've already maybe uh, <laughs> flown a little bit too close to the sun this episode. <laughs> Um, Let's yeah. get on topic, on brand. Bethesda, go. Bethesda. So for those of you who, who uh, have been living under a rock and have not been sure what Bethesda have coming up, they actually had two of the hottest tickets in the Xbox family that were due to come out this year in the form of Redfall, the kind of brand new co-op first-person shooter game that we didn't know that much about other than the fact that it has been developed by Arkane Austin, and Starfield, the brand new premiere big boy RPG from Bethesda Game Studios. They were both, at one point in time, going to come out this year. Now, gang, I regret to let you know that neither of them are coming out of this year, as Bethesda have tweeted out a statement, one of those classic, hey, we're going to tweet out an image of, you know, a certain coloured writing on a certain coloured background. (laughs) Not yellow, because Cyberpunk ruined that for everyone. Um, And let you all know about the video games you're looking forward to not coming out this year. In fact, they are both now coming out in the first half of 2023. Uh, and the reason for that delay is they want to make sure they have incredible ambitions for their game, and they want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them. Um, Chris, when we talked about this earlier, you hinted that you thought there was maybe something of an inevitability to these delays. Do you, is that is that a, a fair characterization? In a way, in a way. Okay, okay. I, I think Starfield is complicated. Um, from my understanding, because like you look at how much marketing, like their their marketing machine has kind of started to kick into gear, and you know 
they had the trailer. They splashed about their their release date, which they didn't need to. This is the thing that I never really understand. Like, you don't need to. Mm. This is the company yeah. that went from announcing Fallout Four to releasing Fallout Four in three months. Like, right? You don't need to. Okay, you could have, they could have done the similar thing with Starfield when it was announced it when yeah. it was bloody ready. They could still yeah. show like like you could still show off your your trailer etc. and <clears throat> not have a release date on it. You could still show gameplay and not have a release date on it. That's all. Especially with a game like Starfield that's been kicking around for so long. But yeah. So I th- this is where the like air of inevitability for me comes in in terms of Starfield is that the game is it's it's a, effectively one of those games that Bethesda and Todd Howard have been wanting to do for the longest time. The technology was never there. Eventually, the technology appears or, you know, catches up and they can fulfill their idea, realize what they want to do. The, you know, you think about, like, the joke is Skyrim in space, right? But if you think about, like, how large and complex even Skyrim is, even by today's standards, and you think to yourself, okay, now let's have that in space and planets and X, Y, Z. And let's actually try not to make it pants. Let's make it good. Yeah. Like, fuck, it's going to take time. So it's complicated because they didn't need to go with their marketing machine as they have. You know, even with these like little vignettes where they're like, oh, today we're going to talk about the, the music of Starfield. And mm. today is going to talk about the companion of Starfield. Like, you don't do that unless like you're ready to release. Although then again, Fucking Cyberpunk did, so who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think smart probably to delay it if something that's like so hotly anticipated. Like, it's not like some little cash grab, like let's say uh, Fallout 76 was, where it's like, hey, same engine, a few improvements, smaller team working on it, and then we'll release it and we'll just kind of see how it fucking goes and whatever. Like, no, this is the marquee thing from Bethesda. Delaying it, yeah, fucking delay it. Make sure it's as good as you want it to be. Because people still give Bethesda a lot of shit, but fucking people are still playing Skyrim. Skyrim is still yeah. a great game. Fight me if you want to, you know, like, fuck, like, come on, like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Let them do it. Redfall, okay, we saw one fucking trailer, like, yeah, delay that shit, who cares? Don't, can I go back to Starfield? Don't you think as well that there's something to be said for, like, game um, publishers being a bit burnt by the whole um, cyberpunk thing. Totally. As, as in they're now like, shit, we can't. Yeah, for that even same more thing of again. a reason to say, don't put a fucking release date on it, on something. Yeah, agreed. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Like, like, the, the, you're right. Like, with hindsight now, the whole kind of like fetishization of that 11, 11, 22 thing that they came out so early, like 18 months in advance, were like, this is the date. Yeah. Just why? seems crazy now with hindsight. Why? It like, n- no. Let me put it this way. The only way you would, would want to do something like that, I would imagine, is to appease in, uh, investors, right? Right. Yeah. I was, but, I was actually thinking that, as you said, it was like, you've got to think that investors are, are pushing them to put a date on it because they want an end. An end yeah, uh, except, end. except they don't necessarily need to answer to investors anymore because they're Xbox. Yeah. Like, right. That's what doesn't make sense to me. But then there's still, if, if they're they're still, still invest, like still people with money behind the scenes telling them to put, to like. Yeah, but the, dif- the difference is that those people behind the scenes are, you would imagine, games people, Xbox people, Phil Spencer, who, 
if you say to Phil Spencer, maybe we shouldn't put a release date on it until we lock it in. He'll be like, yep, yeah, that's what, that's, that's true. Do that, don't put a release. But it happened. I, I don't understand. No game, unless it's like being pushed by investor, I can understand, but no game should really give like a release window. Yeah, or, or rather, okay, let me rescind that a bit because <laughs> give a release window, Sorry. but don't give a, a date until it's like, Keep going. You I've can, got to plug my headphones in. They've started beeping. So. <laughs> all right. Do, do, do you agree with me, Jeremy? Like, give yes. a release window. Say it's releasing in 2022. And then if it's releasing in December, let us fucking know in August. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I, I completely agree. What, and like, there's evidence, as you mentioned, from within this own studio and within this own publisher, like, that there's no downside whatsoever to, like, slightly minimizing the time between the release date uh you know being locked in and the release date itself yeah it, it doesn't have a negative impact on sales and that's the thing about a piece of news like this is that without kind of like wheeling out like you know miyamoto memes or, or anything <laughs> like that like when a piece of news like this comes out it's not a conversation about whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing or whether or not they should or shouldn't have done it because i think the whole world now unanimously agrees just you know, delay games as long as they need to be delayed. Don't release games until they're ready to be released. Yeah, it's better for everyone in the long run. We've seen that time and time again. But the conversations here now, yeah, are, like you said, Chris, they're about the strategy behind Starfield to begin with, which, you know, now is four years on from uh, reveal and um, a year on from release date that they've now missed out on. And the other thing that I think uh, we tap into a little bit here is what does it leave Xbox with in this calendar year where, you know, there weren't that many kind of, you know, kind of big marquee yeah. events in the calendar to look out for, uh, for Xbox owners. And I know, you know, they're going to fall back on game pass and they're going to say they're going to have a constant stream of titles and there are going to be smaller things throughout the year. But like Starfield was a big deal. Starfield yeah. was one of, if the, <coughs> if not the biggest game yet to come out this year, when you looked towards the calendar on any yeah. platform, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's weird. When was the last big game that was meant to come out in December that was the big deal for Xbox? Halo. Uh, Halo. Yeah. Which got that was a delay for a year. year. Yeah. 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 It's, it's also got to be, um, surely there's, a, there's an element these days which makes it more complicated, I guess, which is the desire to set a release date for the fans. They want to do a long, uh, protracted PR campaign to like build the hype, and then obviously you're going to have like pre-orders and all that sort of stuff. So you want to make sure people know when games are coming out. But you've also got the added wrinkle these days um, of, uh, tr of of the negative reaction to um, crunch. And so you've got this, this weird thing whereby I imagine companies are trying to make games. They want to get them finished by specific dates. Dates, like goals are good to have because it makes you, you know, it makes you finish. Otherwise, you'll just keep going forever, right? Like uh, Star Citizen, right? You just keep going forever if you don't have a specific goal. But then the problem is as well, crunch is so negatively perceived and like, making people work overtime and, and, and trying to get people to fill roles in the games industry when loads of people are like getting poached by the companies and things. So that all these things come together and it must be a weird sort of soup of things that mess yeah. with Although, the whole environment. A few things on that, Jonesy. Um, I believe it was Daniel Dwyer from Noclip tweeted out saying, you know, speaking of Bethesda as a game studio, saying they really respect their people and he has not heard of any significant crunch ever happening at the company to begin with. But that's right? kind of what I mean. Like, that's why maybe it makes it harder because you don't want to force that. 
Yeah, sure. And you but don't want to give a fucking do release it. date a year in, in advance. Okay. But, they, but take 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 something else that that happened, which I always go back to for whatever reason. It was really good. The Raising Kratos documentary um, that PlayStation put out for uh, God of War 2018. So there, it's always good to have a deadline for sure. What they did is they had these internal deadlines. All companies have internal deadlines. And there was this one scene where they got the whole company together. They're like, this game is coming out at this date. And they all cheered. And then a couple of scenes later, it was like, this is when we were going to take it. But we looked at the scope. We need to change it. So it's now this date. And then everyone was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go for it. Try and stay enthusiastic, et cetera. What did, what did the public know about any of that? Nothing. Nothing. Right. So no it comes. It does come down to when you make it public. Yeah. Yeah, but there's there there is a downside to what I'm saying, in that you don't want to be radio silent. You don't want to be the team cherry way of doing things and not have any um, uh, silk song information. Coming out. Mm. You know, you do want some stuff to come out. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you're gonna have whether on a you know a smaller level, um, or you know within Bethesda or on the Xbox side as well. Like you're gonna have entire teams, tens of people, if not hundreds of people, who work in marketing or PR or comms that are be sitting around and being like, "What do you mean you're not gonna announce that game exists until like two months before it comes out?" Like we're meant, we've got a whole Twitter plan for a year in advance. Like we've got a yeah. tweet scheduled from this time next week. Well, here, here's a solution for you, and again. Eh, there are exceptions because you look at fucking cyberpunk, but how about this? How about announce the game? Fine. Yep. Give a release window. Fine. Wait until the game goes gold. Start your marketing. Well, then you, you can't, you can't really announce a release window, right? In, you can't do that. You'd have to announce the game is being made and then just say, no, no, you, you, you announce it. You announce the game's being made. The next time it comes up the following year at E3, whatever, you announce the year that it's planning to be released. That can still be pushed. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't do... Well, you then, that's but what just, happens now. But you've, no, that's what I'm saying. But you've, they, you've just said to do what they did, which was to give a year, and then they've blown past the, that year it was going to be released. No, because they Why? gave a specific release day. But they've, they've missed the year. They've literally gone to another year now. So why, would, why not yeah, just say, hold on, because don't they, say anything? It, <laughs> I guess what Jones is saying is like your idea, Chris, could still backfire on you if yeah. you missed your year. So why not just wait? No, why not just wait I, I, until I think, you? I think, until it, I think it's more perfectly acceptable to say it was going to come out in 2022, and close to mid 2022, you say actually it's going to release in 2023, like the first half of 2023, as a delay. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's not the same thing, Jonesy. But what, okay, but then it's why not the not same just, thing. It's not the same thing as saying you are going to have it and you're going to play it on this day at this time and then delay it in, by half a year. But when it was originally coming out this year, it didn't matter which day it specifically was because you knew it was going to be within this year. And now you've delayed and now it's it not. next year and it's a tw- well. Like, okay, now you're getting into the semantics of it. They still gave it a day and date. Okay. <laughs> what? No, it's no, they, well, gave they, it they, they, they gave it hey, a day and date, whether they, it was in December or whether it was in June. They didn't with Redfall. Yeah, but they no did one, it with Redfall. No one gives a shit about Redfall. If no that, one gives that, a shit. That is also true. <laughs> to be fair, I love that. I did like the way they bundled the two announcements together in one thing. Like, yeah. everyone's going, why are you telling us about yeah. Redfall? Like, but like, look, look at the Breath pro- of the Wild 2. Look at Breath of the Wild 2. Slated to come out this year. 
Okay. And then Agent Naoma came out and said, it was like, this little bow and all that shit. And like, oh, sorry. It's coming out next year at some point. We're not going to fucking tell you when, because guess what? That's fucking game dev is really hard. Yeah, but that, but but to what Jonesy was saying, that was still a delay, and it did still require a video message, and it was still delivered in the form of an apology. So, like, just because there wasn't a specific date in our calendar that we had to cross out that said Breath of the Wild two release date, yeah, doesn't mean there weren't still people who had to readjust their expectations. Yeah, I, do you know, I personally, I almost think it's, but I almost think it's worse to say if you say a game's coming out in twenty twenty two. And then in 2022, you say, yeah, we were wrong. Sorry, it's coming out in 2023. That in some ways to me seems worse than a company who say, our game is coming out on October 31st, uh, uh, 2022. We've pushed it to February 11th, 2023. That to me is like, so one pushes like a few months and it makes yeah, sense. Look, you know, that's, that's, delay. You've just blown, but it's going from 2022 to 2023. Mate says to me that you've still got no goddamn idea. You're just kicking the can down the road, and in 2023, nah, but you're, you, you're that saying that because of all the expectations that that's been set. What I'm saying is, we need a complete fucking paradigm shift when no one fucking talks about release dates before, like unrealistically. But it's, I know, yeah. I but I I agree with that. But why say anything? Why not just wait Look, until the it, game is goes gold and then say, guys, the game's finished. It's coming out in three months. Well, you do want to build up hype, I guess, and that's that's why I can I can understand the caveat of it because, as Jamie said, you'll have entire marketing departments fucking twiddling their thumbs for, you know, three years while you're developing a game. Like, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, try, try and give some leeway to it. But in, I would love to your, know how in, much money Cyberpunk, so CD Projekt Red made off the advertising of Cyberpunk oh, coming out. Of course. In, like YouTube and all that. So I would love to know how yeah, much of course. Their marketing made, of that. made that. Like, yeah. The success. Like, but can, can I just say one thing? So Jonesy, your example that you gave of saying, here is a game that's coming out at the end of the year. Here's a specific date. And actually, yep. we're moving it two, three months with a specific date. That's fine. And in fact, that's what happened to Elden Ring. And guess what? Because there was a finite kind of thing of saying, we need, what was it, like a month and a half or whatever. People were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. By saying like, that's cr- that is crunch time. That is unpaid. Yeah, that is I'm not time. saying that, but that is when crunch happens is because... They say a date, you can't physically finish the game in that time, yeah. and then you have to get people to work overtime or to crunch in order to get it made. So what really happens is, what really happens is, you take a, something that needs three years, and you put a date on it a year away, and you then compress three years' work yeah. into one year, and you make people pull out all the stops to get that finished in that time. But this oh, is yeah. why I'm saying, the only reason this is why I'm saying, fucking press that gold. Get that fucking gold <laughs> disc and do that fucking cheesy fucking picture that everyone does. That's a product that you can send to people and you can say, there you go, buddies, three months time, it's yours. And we're going to have three months time to do the fucking marketing. I like the idea, but I think realistically, and I'm not going to be cynical enough to suggest that delays are ever intentional or factored into the planned marketing of a game. But there is with each passing year, a rapidly growing, you know, insurmountable amount of evidence to suggest that, Delaying a game does absolutely nothing to hurt sales, oh, and yeah. some of the best-selling games of recent memory have been significantly delayed. And Chris, like you mentioned, Elden Ring obviously announced uh, this week, I believe, that they yes. hit 13.4 million sales. Um, I imagine that Elden Ring is something that is on a spreadsheet somewhere within either Bethesda or Microsoft or Xbox that someone put into a PowerPoint to say, hey, turns out releasing games in Q1 or Q2 
isn't as like bad a thing as it was 10 years ago. And in fact, it could be significant if done right. Bandai uh, Namco reported 50% profit increase for this financial year. I mean, mental. Um, I will say, though, that for all the discussions that we're having about not talking about games or giving release dates or giving release windows until things are gold and everything is in a good place, we do still expect to see both of these games um, at the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase on June 12th. The <laughs> quote that uh, comes alongside this delay is, we can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both Redfall and Starfield soon. And I will say, even though that both these titles are potentially as much as six months further down the road than we had thought maybe this time last week, I'm especially looking forward to seeing, well, if it, if it is indeed a gameplay deep dive, yeah, whatever what they show Starfield. for Starfield. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. <laughs> Remember when they, um, so, they yeah. first announced the um, release date? And we laughed because the first thing we said was, well, that's being pushed. Yeah. Because <laughs> we said, why are, you, why are you now, at that point in time, why are you saying that you're going to release a game at the end of December? And yeah. we said, oh, because you're just we, buying yeah. yourself fucking time. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. Or also, actually, maybe that as well as a play on the, the, the idea of pushing it. You could push it by into the next year and you can say we only pushed it a month by pushing it into the next year when reality is like they push it to December the next year but they can technically say well it was so close to the next year anyway that you know, it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad it's like Jonesy's conspiracy theories about God of War how it's I, not it is going to get delayed it's not, it's not made like Christmas it's, they've only got a vertical slice well One thing, I, it, to, that to, is to getting delayed fair, that to, is getting delayed to Jonesy's credit they keep on saying that it isn't you know like reiterating quite strongly yeah. no it's not delayed but to, in Jonesy's defense, my um, prediction is obviously come and gone. Where I said it was gonna, it, it was relatively ready and it would come out uh, in the first half of the year. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty much the, almost at June. So, yeah, the other thing that worries me is that I've got a feeling, not based on anything in particular, it's just kind of a hunch at this stage that I don't think Sony are going to have a big first-party blowout kind of live stream. They might have a small state of play, um, for example, but I don't think they're going to do one of their big showcasey things until after summer's passed. Um, well, they don't, maybe, need, to maybe, they, maybe yeah, they don't need to again. compete anymore, right? With slots. Right. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, how about a little comment of the week, gang? Oh, I love Let's it. Do it. Straight in. Raw dogging. Let's go. Nice. Everyone get your Star Wars hats on. I guess, or your Darth Vader helmets or, you know, whatever it is. Um, because this one, coming in from Adam Nichols, says, Jonesy, I'm not saying Padme wasn't a Sith, but if she was, she was a really shitty Sith. She literally just got force choked, pushed out a pair of twins, and died. Weakest <laughs> Sith ever. Thoughts, Jonesy? I mean, you are now um, a resident Star Wars there, there is more to that comment, though, Jamie. Oh, shit. Sorry. I, I, there was a page break in our document. I apologize to everyone listening at home. I'll continue. That explains Jonesy's silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more likely that she was just a shitty person. But to be fair, Tusken Raiders are shitty people themselves, and they had tortured and killed Anakin's mother, so maybe they just got what they deserved. Although Annie did kill the children, so maybe he went a little overboard. i got to say, gang, I don't know that much about Star Wars, but the idea of someone killing children being described as a little overboard sounds fascinating, and I might actually watch, what is that going to be, episode three? Episode three, yeah. Yeah, just in time for Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's two, isn't it? I don't know. No, when he kills the kids, the Tusken kids, the Tusken regular kids is two. I know, but I think in this particular was when he 
This is when he kills the young Jedi. Order 66 oh. and he kills the young, uh, younglings. The young Padawans or younglings or whatever. So, Jonesy, um, your tinfoil hat conspiracy getting shot down in a blaze of glory here. Nah, but see, but he is assuming that she need, that being a, a good Sith means that you're like strong, powerful, and you can like use crazy powers. What if her whole point as a Sith was to um, turn him to the dark side and then die? Maybe what was if that was her? That was what like she a was kamikaze supposed to do. Sith. Yes, so she was there to just like you know, because so, she did, she does more stuff than just I think that I said about. She like falls in love with him after he kills all the Tuscan Raider people because she also says, uh, "Was it she's the one who takes him to?" Uh, like he says, "I'm supposed to stay here. I'm supposed to do what the Jedi Council say." And then she says, "Well, you're you're supposed to protect me, and I'm going over there to save um, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi." And so he go and she goes, "And you're my protector. So you have to come with me." So she is Trixie. She's a Trixie. Trixie. <sighs> Chris, you know, like. A minute, two minutes ago, I mentioned that I might watch episode two or episode three or one of the, whatever one I have to watch for the kid killing stuff. I'm not gonna. Not worth it anymore. No, I think Jonesy just put me <laughs> off Star Wars for life now. Well, good job. I've, I've been, I've nearly what rewatched all of them now. I'm up to uh, the the second of the new ones. What's that? I can't remember. That's called the Force Awakens. No, Is that, that was, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Uh, the, the Last one. Jedi. Last the Jedi, Last yeah. Jedi. So, yeah, so wait, so you've only got uh, you're finishing that movie. You got one more left. Yes. Wow. But so you, you've. But you're, hold on. Did you do through. Rogue One? So I decided in the end because I tweeted out this and I said to people, "What should I do?" Yeah. I decided that I shouldn't watch any of the other stuff because um, it's episodic, right? It's episode one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. And I was like, so I'm going to go. I'm not going to include anything else because that's a series. One to nine is literally episode one to nine. It'll be like watching. Game of Thrones, and then watching something that came out after Game of Thrones that's supposed to slot in the middle. I was like, no, let me watch it as it's intended, and I'll go back and watch the other ones. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about when we talk about like what we've been playing because okay. the yeah the way the games of the Lego uh, Star Wars Skywalker Saga change when you get to the original trilogy was surprising for me. So oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're in risky territory here of Alex Jones's Skywalker <clears throat> Saga Minute impeding on <laughs> Chris's famous Elden Ring Minute and Sekiro Minute and Dota 2 Minute as the most anticipated segments in podcast history. That's, that's, that's why literally tens of people tune in each week. <laughs> <laughs> and tens more stop. Um, the other reason they might be stopping, though, Jonesy, is because I've got a feeling if our good friend Manuel Guerrero is to be, is to be believed that some of George Lucas's own political views might be uh, seeping into your own. He pointed out that actually... What's too much you, Star Wars? Yeah, if you pinpoint a certain point in last week's podcast, it's uh, one hour, one minute, and 14 seconds in for anyone who wants to fact-check themselves. You let out um, a little racial slur. I think you've got to apologize to the this, masses. This is you showing your true colors. So Chris and I decided we wanted to bring this up to give you a platform yeah. to apologize. Tell the people what you said, first of all, and why you're well, sorry. The thing is, first of all, before we get to what Jonesy has to defend himself with the indefensible, it's it's very important to confront bigotry and um, <laughs> and slander and ex- explain yourself, Alex Jones. A racial slur on the Super Show on uh, the SS. Re- How dare you, sir? <laughs> I I reject the characterization. I I called Tuscan Raiders sand people <gasps> because Obi Wan Kenobi. Again. 
calls them sandpaper. He's done it again. In, in he a he new literally hope. did it again after doing it He's, again. Right, who's says editing like, this? Because we need to bleep that. <laughs> uh, he says, I can't, I can't remember the line, but yeah, he's, he says something to Luke about, and I, that's what I've always known them as. And I didn't realise, I actually, did I know they were the same people? I think I did know the Tuscan Raiders were the same people. I, this is the question I have, because obviously George Lucas, subs, um, subsequent to a lot of stuff he did with the early ones, like the original trilogy and the second trilogy, so episodes one, two, three, people have said that he used like racial stereotypes in order to influence some of the characters that he made. I think um, we were oh. saying like Watto. Watto. Hey, yeah, Jonesy, hang on, you're playing dumb here because before we started the podcast, you said that Watto is playable in the Skywalker saga and you won't let yourself or either of your sons <laughs> play as him. He's banned in your house, you said. <laughs> Definitely didn't. Um, actually, is he, is he, play- is I he playable? I don't know. I actually don't know now. It's got to be playable, surely. It'll like, be DLC. No, you say that. Of... I don't think I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But no, so I, so yeah, and then I, and I went back and because I read this comment, I was like, are they not called Sam people then? Does that, have I added that in myself? But no, they are. Um, and yeah, so, but I guess it's maybe it's a crossover from the idea that he made Tuscan Raiders an analogous to like uh, people from a certain country or whatever on. Um, yeah. And then I guess that that's the idea why yeah. people don't... And then Watto being Watto. And then the uh, the Trade Federation being all... Is that really cool? You know, yes. It, there's, there is definitely some... I, 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 I wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, yes, it is problematic. I'm not going to defend it. Although there's a weird thing because in some sense you have to read into it. You have to put your own, you have to like put the stereotype on it oh, in order to so actually in order to think it's, it. It's it's George Lucas <laughs> like a, pointing the lens at us and saying, hmm? "Yeah, it's like a racism a coloring book. Like you have to take the colored pencils in the colors. Color. Yeah, yeah. You got you've got to make it racist. It's well, like I, if if uh, I, I had this argument uh, a while ago with I don't even remember who I was having this argument with, but I was saying that in in effect, there's nothing potentially wrong with stereotyping. Because stereotyping is just a, a form of semiotics, which lets you identify traits. Mm. Oh, you right? need it. You need stereotypes in yeah. stories. Otherwise, you don't understand the story and you don't have time to tell the person's backstory. So, so for example, like when you have the protective father and you have like that, tr- you know, that stereotype or you have the, you know, Damsel whatever you want stress to have. Damsel in distress. calling. Like so there was people always- She get- wants her trope back. <laughs> <laughs> people always get annoyed about, um, what is it, the the- the the woman who gets killed, like the the love interest who oh, gets killed, the, is it the something in the fridge or is that something else? Oh uh, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, I can't remember. Yes, it's the it's the something in the fridge, and it's basically the idea that you kill off the female character in order to have a reason for the male character to do something. But the reason you need that's that's a good stereotype is because every not every bloke, most like straight guys on the planet have that sense of if someone killed my girlfriend, my wife, whatever, that that would be the impetus for me to become, you know, like to yeah, it's relatable. exact revenge. It's relatable. So it's a similar thing of if like uh, mm. you have a story about someone kidnapping a kid, that's well, a really easy I can't stereotype. Tell you how close I was one year going all John Wick was I saw someone kick a dog. Oh, so, oh, so, so the, the dog thing, like if you ever hurt a dog in a film, it becomes, you can then do whatever you want to that person or a cat. Because you're like, they're an animal hurter. It doesn't matter about them as a, as a full-fledged character. They hurt an animal, therefore you can do whatever you want. And, yeah. and like the John Wick thing, right? It's, uh, as soon as you kill an animal, it is, everything is allowed. 
So yeah, you need stereotypes. You need them. But I do think when you watch, so I've rewatched the Star Wars films. I'm going to say there's some problematic shit in there for sure. I, I see where people, why people say it. it's a bit too like, oh, okay. Mm. I get, I get so, that. Spe- speaking of problematic, I can confirm that Watto is in fact not a playable character in Lego Star Wars Star Wars Saga, oh, which in itself is not crazy. But not my Lego Star Wars now, then. So. Well, no, because I'm reading this list and you two have to tell me, Chris is uh, someone who's you know more knowledgeable on Star Wars to begin with and Jonesy is someone who's watched them recently. Considering Watto hasn't made the cut, can you honestly tell me you know who some of these people are? Can I read some names for you? Yeah. Yeah. Wedge Antilles. Yes. I do know Wedges. Okay. Um, He's that a was Starfighter a... in the Republic. Cy Snootles. Oh, I don't know who Cy, Cy Snootles is. Is Cy the shape-shifting uh, assassin? I don't know. You, uh, Salacious yes. B. Crumb. Yes, I know Salacious. No idea. Rothgard Deng. I don't know Rothgard no. Deng, no. Rats Tyrell. Sounds like someone from Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> this see, this just sounds. I d- almost don't want to say this out loud. Plo Koon. Yeah, I know Plo Koon. Newt no. Gunray. What the yeah, fuck? Newt Gunray. Yeah. Gunray. But, no, but this this isn't weird in that in those games though. Is they're playable because they're you can basically play nearly anyone you come into contact with. So when it gets to the open, play, yeah, but you obviously come play. into contact with Watto. Yeah, obviously. What's Newt, what does Newt Gunray have that Watto doesn't? That is a. That is a damn good point. Newt Gunray is is one of the is the viceroy of the Trade Federation. Ah, so you only meet Watto in a cutscene, I believe. No, maybe you do meet him in the Justice for Watto. Well. So I yeah, that's it's like the whole just all over again. Why would you not put Watto? See, in like, what is why? Do, why does it feel weird to say there's a character, there's a playable character called Gonk Droid? Like, yes. what are the Gonk what are the Droid. some of the? I just don't feel comfortable saying some of these okay. things. Okay. I have a question, because Chris knows more about Star Wars than I do. Delso Prin, they just pick noises. <laughs> but that's, that's what names are, to be fair. They're just <laughs> yeah. noises. Um, <laughs> the, the Destroyers, the droids, the Destroyers. Yes. Okay, in episode one, the Trade Federation people call them droid... Dro- Droidicas. Droidicas. The Droidicas. But then yeah. I was oh, like... Water, sorry. That- <laughs> But then I was like, "Is it just a slightly racist way of someone with an uh, like a, an accent saying droidy car? Like they they don't know what they are, so they say droidy cars." Because then I didn't hear anyone else saying droidicas through the whole thing. They just kept calling them destroyers, and then I thought they were called droidy cars. I thought that's what people droidy called them. cars. Jesus. I was like, "Why do they call it?" Because it sounds like they go droidica droidy cars, but in an accent. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, "Oh, is that just like they've said it?" Because it's almost like someone who couldn't speak. English properly, so they just made up a slightly oh, well. similar. You know what word. I like? I I love Star Wars, and I love kind of critiquing Star Wars. And there are, there's episodes that I love, and there's episodes that I don't love. But it always fascinates me, and I'm I'm guilty of this too. But how deeply analytical people get on a fucking fantasy film set in the galaxy far, far away. Like <laughs> right. anything's on on the table at at that point, right? Like you know. Racist Jewish stereotypes on a desert planet. Yeah. Oh, Star Wars. Oh yeah, Droidica. Is it Droidica? No, it's Droid E K A. Droidica. Yeah. Oh, okay. Droidica. So that's yeah. Yeah. So they are destroyed. With the Trade Federation being uh, notoriously Asian, fired. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to make a little request here. Mm. Um, Let's never pick a Star Wars rated comment of the week ever again. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, let's not. That's, we that's can, we can go. I will, the last, the last stereotype. No, I will say you're not because you're going to talk about the fucking Skywalker saga again in three minutes' time. They don't know. I'll be really, really. Wars. I'll be really, really quick because it's relevant to us. <laughs> because who are the most evil uh, racial stereotype in the entire empire in Star Wars? It is of course the Brits. All of the evil empire people are like very who? English. Grand Moff Tarkin uh, and all that stuff. They're all like the guy from. Uh, uh, the the Peter Rabbit is the, like the main General bad guy Hux. is not British. Uh, Darth Vader. Well, that oh no no Vader's. But the most iconic villain in the entire franchise. Was, I was is, thinking is not the Empire. British. The Empire is the Emperor. Sorry, the Emperor is. Yeah, yeah, the Emperor is because Darth Vader's not He's the ultimate like bad guy. Scottish, He's the Darth, Darth Vader. Darth. Okay, I'm not. Sidious. I'm not going to get into the semantics of whether or not Darth. Darth Vader Sidious is. is English. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much to both Adam Nichols and Manuel Guerrero <laughs> there for those comments. And if you recognise that name, Manuel Guerrero, that's because Manuel is actually one of our very kind, supportive patrons over at patreon.com forward slash super show. And if you head to that link, then you can pledge to support us every single month. And for as little as $2, you can get a variety of different perks. We've got things like access to a quote-unquote exclusive Discord server, We've got Patreon-exclusive uh, content, like Patreon-exclusive podcasts. We've got new videos. We've got spoiler casts. We've got unreleased videos from the ATG days. Just about everything you'd want to see, if you don't get bored listening to us week on week, can be found at patreon.com forward slash super show. And as a gesture, as a token of our appreciation for the, uh, the generosity you guys show us, we've got some names on screen now, so thank you to all of them. And we also want to give personal shout-outs this week to Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Bill Caesar, Brimstone, Cole K, Helium Joker, Ice Not Rock Salt, Jesper Camdahl Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Pierce, Neil Dugel's Dream of Prosthetic Mustaches, Daniel, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, The Ballers Beauty, The Gorgeous Gelding, The Yummy Eunuch, The One and Only, Mark Clancy, and finally, we have the big dogs, Bretzy, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel Guerrero, Peaswad, and uh, here we go, brace yourself, because, to. yeah, it's a, this is a test and I'm going to fail it. Mug, oh, fuck, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> mug. mug. Mag, no, not mug. I've rescind that. Write, the, strike, strike that from the record, please, Your Honor. Magna, may your cock never burn, Mikkelsen. Um, for anyone that wondering them, I'm not, I was about to say his name again, but I don't know. The whole point is I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. <clears throat> Let's call him the artist formerly known as the Uncaged. Um, um, thank you very much for reassuring that challenge and apologies for failing it. Um, and best well, of luck we, to we you. Gotta, we, we've got to go three for three, right? So it's only fair. Yeah, exactly. Right, right lads. Um, have either of you two been playing any video games in the last week? Jonesy, something tells me you've got something sci-fi related that you might need to get off your fucking chest. <laughs> I'll try and keep it brief for Jamie's sake. Oh, no, not on my behalf. Please don't. <laughs> but before you do, uh, can I just get comfortable? Because we're going to be here for a while, so... I want this to be dripping <laughs> no, with detail. No, you won't. Um, for, uh, just in case anyone cares or forgot, I'm so I'm playing uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, but I'm also watching the movies at the same time because this is my brilliant idea is to watch the movies and play the games. So uh, since the last podcast, I have now played and finished the middle trilogy. Uh, so four through to six. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm going to be fair to Skywalker Saga. 
when I've played the initial three, one, two, three, I did not like them. I thought they were just sort of go here, talk to this person, go somewhere else. It was, it was a bad gaming experience. I did not enjoy it. Um, the set pieces, some of them were okay, but they were too few and far between. And there was a lot of just like fl- going from place to place to place, going to waypoints and basically having nothing to do, which I've already said in the, in the podcast the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, it has completely changed for me since I've played the initial, like the middle four, uh, sorry, three episodes. Because from episode four to episode six, and Jamie actually pointed this out in a, in a WhatsApp in the week when I sort of mentioned this, the games become so much better um, or the levels, I should call them, within the game become so much better. And the only thing I can put it down to is because the films were so much better and the source material from what they were working at and what they were dealing with um, mm-hmm. for the adaptation was so much better because actually having watched like episodes four, five, and six whilst I was playing the game, um, those, uh, those films happen in a much more contained environment. Like they have only a couple of environments. The set pieces kind of don't just result, revolve around lightsaber battles. They can sort of have different things going on. But the games become much more Lego-y yeah. as in, you know, Lego game feel. Like there's more to do as in like breaking, breaking um, blocks and then rebuilding things and using, li- doing little puzzles and things. Um, and yeah, I got so much more into it and I actually had a really good time. It's Papa so, John's episode- Law. <laughs> what's, well, what's fresh that? ingredients. Pa- Papa better- John's Law. Better ingredients, better pizza. Ah, yes, exactly. So th- there was whole, the games... Um, the game in the middle has seemed shorter. So it did seem that I got through that bit quicker, but I don't think it was that it was quicker. I think that because you were doing less going from place to place to place and just talking to a person before you went somewhere else and you were doing stuff, I think the set pieces, because they were more engaging, made it feel quicker. So for example, you have to leave Tantooine in episode four and there's a whole battle where you're fighting off stormtroopers and you've got to help Chewbacca repair the Millennium Falcon before you can take off. And it actually takes up quite a large chunk of that level right? Um, Because episode four is kind of a self-contained level. Um, But that's actually quite a decent chunk of the the film itself anyway, whereas so it it felt wicked and it was really fun and I really enjoyed it and you get to relive some of the really good experiences from the middle trilogy. So yeah, I've had a much better time um, but probably just because they're better films and so they're better to adapt. Would you have started it then with that? This is the question. This is the question because you can... Then, to then the first third of the game would be good and the last two thirds would both be shit. At least this way you peak in the middle. So I'm hoping that the, because if you, with the films, the final trilogy seems to kind of mirror the uh, original three films. They almost did like a thing where they just copied them and they reused some of the elements. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen and that the final three levels are actually good um, because they're better to adapt as well into, a, um, into the game. But I think if I'd have started with the original trilogy, so four to six, then I would have had a really crap middle and then I would have had an all right finish. I'm actually grateful that I've got out the way the shit yeah, burst three shitty levels. Part of it, yeah. mm-hmm. Now I can just enjoy Han, Leia, Luke, uh, flying around in the Millennium Falcon. Like everything is more fun. Every level is better. There's cooler stuff to do. You can relive some like really cool little yeah, bits like you, killing the... But don't you want to call bullshit on that though? Like, Which, yes, okay, fine. The original trilogy is more enjoyable as films than uh, the uh, prequel trilogy. Fine. Yes. Okay? Say that if you want to. But it's not like you couldn't have made fun games out of those. Movies. True. And in the fact, problem they... Sorry, go on, go on. I was going to say, like, I know I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I think one of the defining features about, like, the highlights of the prequels, especially in my mind, The Phantom Menace, is that it's like great over the top like admittedly slightly silly characters or set pieces 
that would be quite fun in a game, like pod racing, like Darth Maul. Yeah. And, so and on action, so dude. Like, you know, like, say what you want about fucking um, the prequels. But the, the lightsaber stuff was fucking sick because yeah, we just guess what? they could do, General they could do wire, wire work and use some of their fucking CG for a change. Like, but that is the problem with the adaptation because the but the things that don't get adapt uh, don't adapt that well. Like the lightsaber fights are fine, but they're not that enjoyable. They're not as good as other Star Wars games uh, have done lightsabers. That's not necessarily a strong right. point of the Lego yeah. Star Wars games. Yeah. So the yeah. best elements of the feel of the first three films are like not very good elements in the game. And then everything else, which is the best elements of the of the games that I've found, um, don't translate in the first three films because you're just going and they try and hit every story beat, like I ah, said before. Yeah. I, I I I'm still calling bullshit because I think it's lazy. Because the last time that you were here, you said that you were playing through that Tuscan Raider fucking thing, and what you did is you went, you arrived at, at planet, you have a cutscene to then walk to place to have cutscene, and then that was it. Okay. Whereas now, what you've told me is. They could have done the exact same thing. Arrive on Tatooine, have a cutscene, walk to Millennium Falcon, have a cutscene, finish. But they didn't. Instead, they actually included some fucking gameplay. But why couldn't they have included some gameplay on the previous things? Because they're fucking because, lazy. Because I'm calling no, bullshit. Not because it was lazy, because they had to include all the other meetings and chats with people that was going on in the original films. The, the Sorry, the first three films. So And so much of that was like, going to the Senate, talking to Emperor Palpatine, like Anakin having a chat over here, Anakin having a chat over there. So much of it was, was just exposition because they had to backfill the, the story to get to episode four. So I think the problem they had is four, five, and six as films don't tell you anything about Star Wars as a universe. They're just films about the rebellion fighting the Empire. You don't really find out anything except for like yeah. Darth Vader is Luke's dad. The first three films, when they made that trilogy, they tried to backfill so much exposition that they make for rubbish games. And they've tried to fit in every story beat in the Lego Star Wars saga. So, and it doesn't work. But whereas the, the, the films that I'm, they're now drawing from for the middle three levels totally work as games because it's, it's just fun. Like you don't, get to, you don't have to worry about exposition and chat and cutscenes. You just have to deal with fighting Jabba the Hutt, um, fighting Bubba Fett, like fighting the Rancor, um, trying to take off on the Millennium Falcon, escaping Cloud City. It's just cool stuff. It's just cool game set pieces. which nice. And so I'm really interested now for the final three levels, which is the newest trilogy, obviously, uh, 7, 8, and 9, because I think it will go more in line with the, um, the original trilogy. But I have no idea because they could get it wrong because there is exposition there and there is story and there is a lot of that. Yeah. And I don't know how they're going to deal with it. But there's also oh. some cool stuff. Like, I like the, uh, the newest trilogy. I thought they were good. I'm, I'm not one of these people who hated it. So... Well, I shall be on tenterhooks as we find <laughs> out your thoughts over the course of the next six weeks. No, I'll be next week. We'll be done. We'll be finished next week. Nice. Okay. Well, you know what, Jonesy, you used that opportunity there to kind of uh, like offer a, a slightly different look or a, a slight change in opinion on um, a game that you had talked about in previous weeks. I want to quickly do the same and just say that I have been playing through the final released version of Trek to Yomi after that kind of negative experience I had with the demo a couple of weeks ago. And I will actually say that I kind of want to say that like my experience has been a lot more positive, uh, cool. largely because of the things that I felt like I was missing last time, which is that introductory chapter, a bit mm -hmm. more, more of a tutorial, finding out the way the kind of the game goes around, um, goes about doling out new combos and new abilities and how 
it starts to make sense and starts to feel a lot better. I think that's the most important thing after about an hour of play. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that I was maybe a, not not necessarily too harsh. It was honest to what I felt about that demo, but the final version plays a lot better. And I know I, I shared a picture with you guys in our WhatsApp group of the GameSpot 5 out of 10 review and was like, hey, say I told you so. Turns <laughs> out I was wrong. Like, it's not a 5 out of 10. It's better than that. Uh, although, wow, you're still... saying IGN got it wrong? <clears throat> no, GameSpot got it wrong. A GameSpot. In- interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> Basically same interchangeable. Thing. Yeah, their offices are down the road from each other. Um, it's, but it's not, but it's not like a stunningly good game. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think Skill Up's review of it is pretty good. Um, based on my first impressions after the first couple of hours. Um, the other thing I wanted to qu- quickly give a shout out for because I'd forgotten almost that it entirely existed. Um, my favorite video game name, possibly of all of 2021 last last year, uh, the Gunk, which has been sitting in my Game Pass library since I think it was December. It came out, kind of snuck yeah. out at that really awkward point in the calendar. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to play this. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it took me three and a half hours and I finished it in uh, two sittings and I was, it, it's really quite like charming and not necessarily peaceful or relaxing, but also like the furthest things from stressful as well. Um, it's exactly it's on game, what, Games Pass as well, right? It's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, game yeah. Pass. so it, it, it really is exactly what it looks like. It's exactly what it says in the tin. It's a third person action adventure game that, you know, with a focus on platforming and puzzle elements. You run around as a chick with a vacuum on her arm and you suck up the gunk. Um oh, yeah. and save a planet. And it's got some like some kind of like eco-friendly themes and it kind of gets into Avatari Pocahontas territory a few times of like oh, like we've arrived on this planet to do something and extract its natural energy, but now you're out there on the front lines, you're falling in love with all the local flora and fauna. Ah, uh, right. Um that, that old ooh, chestnut. Can, yeah. can we can we just take this opportunity then to talk about the trailer for absolutely what did you think oh. i thought it was i thought it looks really pretty yeah. it's weird to have a trailer with no dialogue and i can't gather get, get you know get a sense of yeah, what it's okay, about yeah. but um I, I don't I'm, know I'm, man I'm, i think it's I'm just kind of like that like all weird blue aliens i just kind of You're embarrassed wrong. that i enjoyed the first film if i'm honest don't be it's it's weird being this side of it because remember before avatar came out like it was it was like the thing of a generation everyone yeah, was so excited yeah. about it this side of it is kind of a weird position to be in because it's like you said it's almost uncool to say I like Avatar and it's I don't, and it's, I don't think it should be like I no, I agree I agree Avatar is a totally like serviceable like not that great to rewatch, but like totally fine film that yeah. probably yeah, but, just became a little bit bigger than it should have so this is what I wonder I wonder if I'm in the cinema and I'm watching and I'll be like oh yeah this is good or if I'm just going to be like this is actually just a bit cringy I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be edgy or anything like that, but that's no, just no. My, my overwhelming feeling. Like, I think, I think I, the I second kind of, option is totally possible. Yeah. Like, I kind of I, I get the same feeling now. I, I might have mentioned it before in the podcast. I got the same feeling now, like with looking back on Game of Thrones hmm. TV show. Right. Specifically, not, not necessarily the books. Here's, it's kind of like, here's a question. Like, maybe I got swept up in the hype of it, and looking back, it was just kind of like, yeah, maybe it wasn't that good. I maybe. I tell you one thing I've found, as I've gotten a bit older, I am much less cynical when it comes to movies. Like, I can enjoy a film which I think back in my 20s I would have gone, oh my God, this is so shite, I can't believe how crap this is. I can watch it and enjoy it and be like, yeah, that's that was fine. Like, I'm almost like I'm turning into my dad, where it's like I can watch something that's pretty crap and be like, 
yeah, it's all right. The frog with it is just, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a movie to talk about that's probably going <laughs> to highlight that exact sentiment. But I see, I wonder then if actually with Avatar, you're going to be like, oh no, it's it's, it's fun. I liked it. It's a, it's a great time. And other like people in their 20s are going to go, oh, it's so shit and cringe. I can't believe idiot boomers like this crap. <laughs> and then, then we're going to be going, it, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It is that weird thing though, where there will be people going to watch that movie that probably haven't seen the first one. Maybe. Right. It's been long enough, right? Well, because like, remember wow. that, you, that, could, you um, could have been born the year the first one comes, came out and see yeah. this in the cinema just fine. Yeah, because the thing is, when it came to home video, I think it was Philips or Panasonic. I think it was Panasonic. Mm. They had a deal that they were the only way that you could get get it on Blu-ray. They had some kind of exclusive right, deal. Right. You couldn't just buy the Blu-ray outright. You had to buy it as part of a package with like fucking Panasonic 3D DVD player or some bullshit. Like I don't know. Right. And that kind of like killed the home home theater release, as it were. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just I just think it's going to be fascinating, and I think that James Cameron's an interesting filmmaker, and I think with mixed results, he spent a large portion of his career like committed to trying to push the envelope, and it's fascinating when a project this big has been on the cards for so long, and yet has taken so long. And like you can go back and like read articles from the mid-noughties about how he can't film um, or can't direct Alita Battle Angel because he has to do Avatar and the sequels. And it's like, we're in 2022 and we still haven't seen one yet. But li- just little things like the idea of like, oh, they waited till they could do underwater mocap. Like, I want to see what that looks like on the big screen. I'm still curious. I'm not expecting much from the story. Sam Worthington has not had a career since Avatar for a good for good reason. Like, there's a lot of negatives about that series and a lot of reasons why it hasn't aged well. Um, but I watched that trailer and I was like, yeah, like, okay. If if nothing else, it will be an expensive, fascinating failure. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sure. Sign me up. Oh, yeah. um, but Chris, yeah, you kind of hinted there that you may have had something uh, in your weekly catch up that may uh, clash with Jonesy's, uh, uh, you know, pitch for changing ideologies when it comes to cynicism <laughs> around films. Um, well, yeah. What else have is... you been up to this week? You know, I'll I'll jump straight into that. I okay. watched Venom. I, I put in my notes here. Venom, there will be shitty movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, mean, I watched the, the Venom sequel. You, and you loved it. Totally. Yeah. Big time. You no. you started a Twitter campaign to get Woody Harrelson an, an Oscar, I heard. Honestly, fellas, like, I'll, I'll be honest. The first Venom film, I didn't mind it. It was fine. It was serviceable. Like, it could have been good, but it wasn't. But it wasn't necessarily, I didn't think it was bad thought it was mediocre um but this is a bad movie oh this oh, is- it was we- i thought the first was worse like i thought venom one was worse than venom no, two no i hey like this film was so bad as i was watching it i was thinking to myself it was directed by andy circus right and i was thinking to myself they know they're making a bad movie like they know <laughs> it ah yes but that's that's one of the things no, I, no, no, I thought but, was no, no, okay cause, about cause- it no, because there's two ways of making a bad movie and knowing it's a bad movie, right? Like there's the right. kind of like self-aware kind of poke fun at yourself kind of thing. Whereas I think this is like no, the serious way of making a bad fucking movie. It was so bad. Everything about it was bad. Dialogue, bad. <laughs> Action, bad. CGI, bad. Everything <laughs> fucking bad. The only good thing about it 
was its runtime because it was short. See, I thought with the original one, they thought they were being too serious and they thought they were making like a good, like a cool uh, Venom movie. And then when it was like, no, it was awful. And then when they, when I saw the second one, I thought like, oh, they've realized that they made a kind of crappy Venom movie. And so they've lent into the silliness and they've lent into how kind of or the how wacky it is and like just Venom being a bit of a um, a crazy character. And I liked that they sort of, it seemed to be more, you know, self-knowing. Whereas you seem to have had totally the opposite idea. I, then. I, I just that they... don't think it landed, Jonesy. Like, okay. idea. I just don't think it landed. I honestly, like, I don't know what Tom Hardy is doing. <laughs> like, right. uh, I, he's gone on record of saying that, like, he only took the job because his daughter is a fan of Venom and, wanted, and wanted him to do it. And he was basically, like, saying, like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> that, that already is, like, a fucking warning sign. I, I just for... don't fucking get this movie, man. I don't get how shit like this gets made anymore. <laughs> oh, because they because it makes a butt ton of money at the box office. Yeah, I think they did are it, doing a third. I th- I'm pretty sure that I think I read it as well that Andy Serkis is coming back to direct a third. He shouldn't, um, you know. It's just sticks to <laughs> being gone. I, I know. I know the first Venom did did do like ridiculous numbers yeah. in the end. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't recall what the second one did. Better than Morbius, I'd imagine. Although that's not saying much. Um, like five, imagine how half depressing. a billion dollars worldwide. That's like you know, as considering it came out. What, what was the release date on it, Jonesy? Uh, it was last year, date. wasn't it? Because I like, but uh, like, yeah, September twenty-one. So it's considered well, just about considered a COVID release, right? Depending, it varies from region to region, but oh, still, yeah. like, it's released within a climate where making half a billion dollars is probably enough. And I bet, I bet those. Um, the, the, those movies do really well on streaming, and and to what extent the home video market exists. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I think that that's where they kind of get their legs. But genuinely, I challenge anyone in the comments to convince me that there is anything redeemable about that movie. I'm looking forward to reading those. I I will fight people, and I'm a, I'm a biter. So I remember when I saw ready. it and I said it was all right. I said it was better than the first one, and I think we had comments where people were like, "What are you talking about?" And I was just like. I didn't. I thought it was not as bad as the. It's so first bad. One. I, I actually could not believe it. Like, it, I, I've watched bad movies, and I've thought they're bad, but <coughs> I kind of like can accept like that I'm probably wrong. Okay, case in point: Mad Max Fury Road. I fucking hated it. Everyone fucking loves it. At, at some point, I've got to say, yeah, sure. I just don't mm. understand how Venom is a movie that anyone could like. I I can tell you that. Uh, using the uh, Internet Movie Database as a reference, audiences prefer the first Venom. Critics prefer the second Venom. Ah. So I'm a critic. Jonesy, sign yourselves up for Rotten Tomatoes credentials right now, buddy, because you're in the <laughs> click. Well, anyway, that, that was Venom. Uh, another thing that I saw, which was uh, good, but there is something to talk about. I finished watching Art of Range, hmm. which is something that I spoke about last week, which was... Uh, Josh Brolin, uh, modern Western, but with sci-fi elements. Uh, it's only eight episodes on Amazon Prime. I watched it. I really liked it. Some really fucking cool cinematography and ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. I would give a warning that the final episode, as entertaining as it was, kind of committed some cardinal sins as to what a final episode should be. Interesting. In terms of not answering enough 
adding oh. in too many leading into like another season like what ifs or qu- adding in questions etc but and not necessarily resolving anything hmm. which is a the, bit the, of a, the twin a bit of a shame because i i felt that self-contained episodes up to then were very strong right did the series did, as a whole is good like did it, highly recommend did, it. did it ask new questions as a result of the answers to previous ones though or was it just like oh. new ones apropos nothing because that's yeah. like I know I recommended Succession again to you the other week. That's what that show does a lot of, which succession? is like I've... Uh, not Succession. Sorry, um, um, I've forgotten the complete name. Of, Sever- um, oh, so, yeah, Severance. Yeah, Severance. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> succession. Um, but that's a show that does a lot of. We're going to answer that question, but you're going to have more questions about the answer than you thought you would. Yeah, I think that's uh, fine. Right. That, that's that's what Lost did, and Lost is honestly, I, I will defend it to the end of the earth as my favorite TV show. But that's what they did. They Answered a few questions, added in more questions, hmm. right? Whereas this, the, the finale of this was answer one thing of, let's say, like literally I think they only answered one thing, yeah. potentially, that, that was worth knowing, which was obvious from like episode two or three, okay? But it's more like, there's less of a reveal, more like a confirmation. But then nothing else was answered and it was just piled on questions. See, I, I can't, it's interesting you say that like Lost is your favorite TV show. Like I hate TV shows that constantly throw in little threads to tease you about something and then they never, ever come back to it. And you're like, yeah, Lost is guilty of some of that. Why the hell did you do that? Like now you've, why did you tease that? And then, then that, and then nothing happened with that. Like I, I just get so stressed out with TV shows yeah. like that. I'd rather it all made sense in a perfect little bow. You know, when they show you like the replay of all the things that led to the big reveal, I'd much rather that. Like usual suspect style. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's every <laughs> yeah. reference explained. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, just playing some more Elden Ring. Uh, my Elden Ring minute, I'll make it very quick. Um, I've been mixing up my builds, fellas. Currently, oh. you know, in, in the past, I was uh, rocking dual uh, katanas with a blood loss. As one of the one of the effects, and as of my last playthrough, I'm now rocking. Although I'm switching between them, but I'm now rocking dual great hammers, which looks absolutely fucking hysterical. Yep, how yep you, that's uh, about how, the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know what that is. How are you? Dual um, great hammers, love. It. How are you getting on with the game still? Then are you still like? <laughs> are you still like dwell in it? Well, no, because I can't. I'm not sure if you're messing around with the builds because you're kind of bored, but you want to keep playing Ooh, it. Ah, okay. Or if so, you're so, I came I came across a boss type that are called crystallians, and they're made yeah. out of crystal. And the only way you can damage them is with like blunt weapons. Oh, okay, right, right. right. And you were like a samurai, right? Before. Yeah, which is like I, so. I had um, slash weapons, which was doing like each time I'd hit them, it would take like zero point zero one percent off. Like that's not working, um, and and I kind of wish that the game had a little bit more of that. If I'm honest, it it can be an annoying thing in games. I don't like it in general, but I think in such a big game like this, it's it's good to, especially if it's optional content, it's good to have that to force you change your build on the fly and just experiment with other things. One of the downfalls of not just Elden Ring, but like Souls games in general, is you get comfortable in a build and you don't deviate you don't yep. experiment unless you go into like a new game plus or 
um, if Elden Ring does have a respec function eventually, um, I haven't gotten there yet, but like I've got loads of weapons and I can wield a lot of them, but I don't do it because I like the swords, but there's merit to other stuff. And it's funny, like I was watching, as you do, uh, YouTube, like fucking five hour breakdown critiques of blah, blah, blah. And one of the things was a little bit of a defense of Breath of the Wild and their um, weapon degradation system. As pants as we all thought it was, and it was implemented terribly, the idea behind it, what this guy was saying, and I kind of get it, saying, by having your weapons break, you're not so precious about hoarding it that you experiment with all the different types of weapons that you do have. But I feel that like probably in Breath of the Wild, they went to the other extreme and just kind of fucked it a bit. Yeah, because I still hoarded in Breath of the Wild. I was oh, like, totally, well, yeah. I'm not going to run around with this sword because I, I should use this dumb stick on these goblins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that was an unintended consequence of what they were trying to do, which means mm. that they were they failed in that aspect of game design. Whereas I think in Elden Ring, they could have, not, not that they needed weapon degradation, but like this, the boss was a perfect example of uh an obstacle, and it was a completely optional obstacle. I'll put that out there. Not not needed at all to progress the story. But if you want to, you know, if you're completionist and you want to challenge all the bosses, this was a really good way of saying, you can't do this with that. You need to try something else. Right. Mm. Interesting. Just nice. I thought that was quite nice. I thought it was a nice touch. And it's forced me to try and change a few things. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm appreciating it. But yes, I'm still enjoying it immensely, Alex Jones. And I'm hoping this weekend I can get back to streaming. Good Might to not hit. be the best Fingers time crossed. with my throat, but I feel like energy levels, I'm there. I can do it. Good stuff. Twitch.tv forward slash hot panic. Make sure you're yes. following. And, and Jamie's giving me a, a potential new emotes to put on. So yeah. True. I might actually, do it. Do. I might do it, actually. I mean, why not? I liked it. I might do I, both I of them. What the means, one that you but... sent me that... Cracked me up so much. Oh, yeah. Jamie did a face app thing on my picture. I I would use that emote to no end because I am a tier one subscriber. (laughs) But Chris, you know, you talk about parting ways with builds that you've built up some kind of connection with or that you've got very used to using and whether or not there is life after splitting from something that seemed entwined with you, part of your DNA. Um, And it kind of mirrors one of the biggest stories to come from the games industry this week as EA have confirmed that they have split with FIFA. That's right. FIFA 23 is going to come out later this year, but next year, in July of 2023, EA are going to start, quote, a new era with the introduction of EA Sports FC. That is the new name for EA's theoretical continuation of their annual football series. They've missed the fucking trick here, Jamie. Go on. They should have just called it FIFA, but instead of an FIFA, F-E-F-A, and then it could have been like the logo, like EA, and then it splits open. It's the two Fs drop in there, and it's FEFA. Ah, oh, mm. FEFA. But, but wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that FIFA be a double E? No, FEFA. FEFA, but, but, but you want this? Oh, you, FEFA twenty three. Can like, you not have the same pronunciation? Can we not go F E E F A? FIFA. That's kind of be. how we already pronounce it. FIFA. 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 I mean, going a bit Australian there. Five yeah, of my. They, they missed the trick. I mean, yeah, sure. EA Sports FC series, fine. I mean, they, yeah, EA it, Sports it FC like, is a terrible sounds like, name. Sounds like the person that came up with Xbox Series X came up with the EA Sports FC series. 
Yes. It is one of those names, like Jonesy, you just said it was de- it's one of those ones where it's very hard to imagine in a couple of years' time we're just casually going yet going, Oh, EA Sports FC twenty six. Like it there's nothing natural sounding about it, right? I think that yeah, I I yeah. I'd imagine like casually people just call it like FC FC twenty three, FC twenty four. Or, or EAFs. Yeah. EAFC, EAFC maybe, yeah. Or just, maybe EAFC. yeah, maybe just FC. And maybe I will say the, logo the, the, the joy of it, it now is no one calls it EA's FIFA. They just say, do you want to play FIFA? And, and everyone knows what yes. it is. You want to play yeah. that particular well, that's, that's football part game. Of, that's part of the problem. It's what makes this such a significant shift, right? Well, we did, we did have this conversation when that, when that uh, the rumors, the confirmed mm. rumors, that did, point, yeah. now it's like confirmed reality. When they were saying that, we were almost saying like, yeah, ultimately we, we, we understood the sentiment of why they want to do it. And actually it does make sense. Like, not FIFA that mean that is that game. You're not buying it because of the license. Right. You're just buying it because of the way that that game is put together. Now, exactly. yes, it's because they've got all the sub licenses and sub brands within the FIFA umbrella. But if they can continue that, there's no I mean, reason to fucking call it FIFA. Like, it's fine. Just call it they, FC. Yeah. They seem confident that a lot of this stuff is covered off, just picking up on that point, Chris. Um, uh, EA Sports general manager Cam Weber has been on record saying that everything that you love about FIFA at the moment, so modes, experiences, leagues, tournaments, clubs, athletes, will still be there. They've specifically name-dropped, obviously, things like Ultimate Team, Career Mode, Pro Clubs, that they have no reason to go anywhere. They had nothing tied to FIFA. But on the kind of the branding and the kind of the licensing side of things, they have mentioned that they have deals remaining in place with 19,000 players, 700 teams, and more than 30 leagues from around the world as well as with UEFA, which is kind of FIFA's European contingent, which means the Champions League will still be a part of the game. Although, and whether or not the significant varies on how important you think it is, the World Cup will, of course, not, because that is specifically and solely FIFA. Yeah. I Like, with that that in check, it's a a no-brainer for EA. And if if that's the case, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner, quite frankly. Is it... Is it though? Like, I, there is a lot in a name and brand recognition and stuff. I do think, I I think it might have more of, of an effect than we think it will. I don't think Just, so. I think this is going to be a perfect example of how it doesn't matter. I but I, I imagine the they think it will have more than the branding. But that's the thing. I think they think it will have no effect, and I but I think it will have some effect. How do you think it will have an effect? I d- I don't know. I in the sense of like so. It because, like especially would go into a store and say, "I want the new FIFA," and they'll be like, "Nope." No, but they, that's the thing—they will be able to go into a store and get the new FIFA, but the new FIFA would just be made by someone else. Because no, it's FIFA, made by the same people. No, no, no the so, new, so I guess new what, FIFA. The new I, FIFA oh, game sorry, is going to be eventually whenever FIFA be, settles on someone else. Yeah, can, yeah. Let, I'll quickly interject there and say yes that FIFA have confirmed that the FIFA uh, that FIFA will come back with their own uh, games under the FIFA title. And quoted as saying, the FIFA name is the only global original title. Um, yeah, but you see, they, they, they've fucked it, right? Because you, you said it yourself. EA bringing back, in, what was it? Uh, Volta Pro Clubs career mode, ultimate team. Like, in people's minds, when you say, what is FIFA? It's not actually FIFA. It's that shit. And sure, that shit but then, is but then go back, to, go back to Jonesy's point. You've got like a, a game or a GameStop employee if a mum comes in and asks for FIFA, like, do you have to say, hey, just so you know, in talking about in 2024, say, yeah. you don't know what you're asking for. Like, FIFA yeah. now You've isn't what FIFA was. You've got one year of that problem taking place and then never again. 
No, but uh, but I, that's the thing. I what I don't know because if you, the thing these days is so much of it is like people watching online and seeing people stream it. I think they will lose some audience, like especially younger audience who would be new players. I think they'll just if if it's serviceable, whatever game they come out with. I guess in twenty four it'll be like FIFA twenty five. If they just drop FIFA twenty five, I do think they could lose some audience to FIFA twenty five, and it'll be like, oh, are you playing EA Sports FC? Or are you playing FIFA 25? I think they will lose a bit. I don't know what the percentage is. It could be 1%, right, it could be half a percent. Yeah, you're right. They, they probably would lose some. Whatever they'll lose is peanuts compared to the amount of money they're saving by not paying FIFA to use the name. But they're still paying. Are they, oh, I don't know who they're paying, but they, they're, well, they're still paying, paying to use the licensing. Clubs they're the, paying for all the yeah. licensing. So, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what that equation is. And like, also, sh- like, you're probably right, but what I do are they going to do? Be, are they going to partner with someone who can make the football game, or they're going to make it themselves and create a division. Who are they going to pass with? Konami. No idea. And, and eFootball. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah, they're going to uh, go and grab someone else who can't make a football game and see if they can make one for them. Yeah, that would yeah. be the key thing. And I think while there are a lot of people, like easy examples to pick up on of people who are, you know, going into the games market or buying a game and they're not particularly educated on what they're buying or why, and like, I know. Like a, a mum buying a game for a kid is the classic example. But if FIFA do partner with someone to release a football game and that football game is not bad, sorry, is not good, um, especially if it's an absolute garbage vibe, which it may well be, because sports games are not easy to just make on a whim, um, then I, I really don't think it takes that long before word spreads like wildfire that, like, hey, FIFA's not made by EA anymore. FIFA's this. FIFA's bad. And it's it's less a question of, do you want FIFA or do you want that sports game? And if you want that sports game, if you want that football sim, then all you have to do is like, like align your brand recognition on one year and you're back in the loop indefinitely. Yeah. And I, I, or or potentially mean indefinitely as someone who at this stage has bought every single, um, this year's, this year's FIFA will be my 20th FIFA in a row. Never missing one. Wow. Wow. It's, it's quite sort of, a, I suppose it's a bit un, unlucky for them that if this had happened, probably why it's happening now, if this had happened um, in two years' time, then they could have said, we're breaking, you know, we're, we're splitting up, we're separating. And then you would have known that FIFA would probably drop a World Cup. Like, this is the official game of the World Cup coming out, our first game in two years' time. So, which I guess would be 2026. Yes, that would be the next World Cup. Because it's this year and they're not going to drop a game until 2024. There's obviously mm. no World Cup in 2024, mm. so that doesn't help them from that aspect either. So yeah, it could well be that 2024 rolls around, their game comes out and everyone's like, give a shit. Yeah. I've been playing <laughs> EA Sports FC for the last... Especially because 2024 will be the year the uh, there'll be Euros that summer and the Euros are still right. UEFA, so FIFA <laughs> will be fine. Yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah. just more years for EA Sports FC to get under the belt. By the way, I double-checked it and the amount of money that FIFA were rumoured to want for the continuing agreement they had with EA was $2.5 billion. Wow. Like I said, no fucking brainer. That is a shit ton of money. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, maybe it won't make any difference at all. And unfortunately, we'll have to wait a few years to find out if it will make any difference. But hey. Yeah. See. Indeed. Um, One to keep an eye on. And and, and as the the resident FIFA guy, I'll be uh, looking forward to Letting you all know Jamie's how I FIFA feel about minute. it. <laughs> brace yourself because it's returning this October, I would guess. Um, the much revered, although this year's game will be completely irrelevant because nothing will have happened yet. Like everything will be completely normal. Basically, I'm, what I'm saying is if the Super Show is still going this time next year, then brace yourself. 
for like a, a super jam packed EA Sports FC minute. It's going to go mental. <laughs> Like it. Um, I've just I've just realised something weird. Is Jamie the same age as FIFA? Uh, he might be. Maybe. Uh, let me. Should we? Fact I think check the first that? one came out in ninety three. Should we fact check it? Let me double check. The first one that was. It was released in nineteen ninety three. So I am the same age. Wow, Jamie and FIFA are like FIFA. bonded. The, the FIFA it's like games. The, going back to Star Wars. It's like the dark side and the light side of the Force rise at the same time. Jamie and yeah. FIFA rose at. You know what's, what's going to happen to Jamie when this split actually happens then? We don't know. I'm going to physically split in part up two, and there'll be, like, my personalities will split. I'll become like Jacqueline Hyde. One part of my personality will be a FIFA player. The other half will be an EA Sports FC player, and it will be, like, <laughs> after night falls and the moon rises, every full moon. You would, I like, change. Yeah, exactly. I just physically transform. I like it. I like it. He'll yeah. be torn. Every show, he'll be torn. He'll be start talking about FIFA, and the other side will start to come out and be like, no, it's all about EA Sports FC. No, we'll just get Andy Serkis in to direct the shittest version of Jamie doing his take on Gollum, <laughs> arguing with himself. Two camera yeah, angles, I mean, that's I, all you need. I'm kind of down for that. I'm like, kind of down for it. Also, if that means we don't get another Venom film, then that also sounds like a positive. <laughs> like, the more the more we distract Andy Serkis at this time, the better. Right? Jamie, please please try and watch it. And let me, like... I, 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 I will, but I've got so much on my to watch list it right only now. It takes groaning. 90 minutes. Yeah, bro, bro, you can't say, you haven't seen The Matrix yet. You watched Venom instead of The Matrix. Please <laughs> That's don't so true. Because Venom was free. About, so's The Matrix. Where is it? It's not yet, yeah. no. Okay. I, I think like, it just came me. to HBO Max this week. Yeah, trust me. That was me. what it was. As soon as it comes on. On but Sky, I meant I meant I meant to I meant to watch Doctor Strange so I can watch Doctor Strange, and then I was planning on watching Top Gun so I should, I can watch Top Gun. And like once you start getting in that frame of mind, like the list is never ending. Yes. Much like our game life <laughs> and stuff. Yes. Yes. Me good in, with language. Yeah. In fact, guys, sometimes I feel like I've got so many TV shows and movies I want to watch that I feel like if I watched them all, it would take up all of my nights, all of my nights, <laughs> all of my nights. Wow. That is bad. Really? And the funny thing about the English language is you don't know what word I'm saying there because there's <laughs> another word that sounds exactly the same as knights, but in fact starts with a K. And if you put the word Gotham before that, you end up with the latest game, courtesy of Warner Brothers, um, based on the famous DC or a property where Batman isn't around, but these weird four kids that fly around Gotham, I presume it's Gotham, <laughs> fucking shit up, still are. Um, and we got a, a big gameplay... Showcase, let's say. Yeah. 14 minute long gameplay video. And it was the first we'd seen from Gotham Knights in a little while. So uh, we were all very eager to see what kind of progress they'd made with the game, what it looked like in terms of the visuals, how the gameplay had improved. Because, you know, that first gameplay reveal that was, God, like almost coming up on two years ago now, as crazy as that is to think, uh, uh, raised a lot of questions. And we all kind of wanted to see what the latest was. So as I said, 14 minute long narrated video. Um, it was the game director, Jeff Eleanor bit of a weird name there but we're not going to make we're not going to bully him for it because we're open-minded here and we basically got uh, an extended look at two characters from the game both nightwing and red hood we saw their various abilities as they relate to both traversal to combat we saw some of the kind of open world shenanigans you might be me up to in gotham we saw some of the more narrative stuff a little hints of you know conversations and how you might go about selecting quests a bit of character customization. We saw some dialogue between a few characters. We saw some action in the Belfry. 
We saw quite a lot in 14 minutes, but this is the point where I have to kind of put a cork in it and say that for all that we saw, and for as much as it was a significant update on one of the year's most anticipated games, we, I think, were already on record, as of, uh, according to Twitter, as a group, as a trio, are far from convinced by what we saw. Um, Chris, I feel like I will have an obligation almost to go to you first, because I know you hinted to us when you were speaking to Jonesy and I earlier this week that you'd been preparing some takes, and they may well be coming out flaming hot. Um, and I kind of don't want you to keep a lid in it any longer. Well, okay, let's get into it. This was absolute trash. (laughs) How long have you been waiting to say that? Since since, since we watched it. Press record. Yeah, since since I watched it. It it just kind of seems like I'm I'm baffled, if I'm honest. And and it's hard because I know, like, I'm I'm trying not to come across as, like, an entitled gamer, okay? A gamer with a capital G. Because on the one hand, we say, oh, we're sick and tired of people showing off fake representations of their games. And, you know, when they show off alpha gameplay, it's not alpha gameplay. Whereas this felt more alpha gameplay than not, because a lot of the characters were halfway between being animated and T-posing. Uh, <laughs> Pop-in was rife throughout this whole fucking thing. Shit was snapping, like, un- God knows unnaturally. And it's just like, it is early, like, this would be an early build, what I would imagine an early build be having said that same time kind of seems as a bit of an odd choice to have showed off gameplay initially that fine some people had some issues with it but i thought looked and after the after watching this gameplay i went and watched the other one looked vastly superior to what we witnessed in this recent one and that's such a head scratcher to me like removed what two three years between yes right not just removed two years, but also now exclusively coming out on next-gen consoles with the previous-gen version scrapped. Right. And I think I messaged it to you guys on the WhatsApp group and saying, this is an early-era PS4 title. That's what it looked like. There was nothing that was pretty about what we saw. Not the, not the, not the, the graphical fidelity, not the graphical art direction, not the combat, not the thinking of the systems in the game. Like, it's just all... It, 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 it's, it's Venom. Let there, let there be Gotham Knights. That's what it is. I've just fucking... I've fucked it. I think I, I said to you guys at the time, I said, wow, this looks doesn't look any better than Arkham Knight. I then went back and looked at some Arkham Knight stuff, and I'm going to... So I, I, that was unfair. It does look better than Arkham Knight, but Jamie and I were having a conversation about it before we're coming on here. I think the difference was um, between, like, if you look at Arkham Knight, it looks stylish, it looks stylistic, it looks like they've, they've purposefully curated a look, and it was, um, it was a fantastic-looking game for its time. This, to me, looks like okay graphics, nothing special at all, and it doesn't look particularly well, uh, well put together, and it doesn't look particularly stylish in a way. It just looks like they've plonked down, like, the, the, um, the objects and the textures and everything is just kind of there, and it doesn't Crazy. look very they, good they at all. They added volumetrics, okay? Yeah, but in the distance, they've added volumetrics to the distance to hide textures so nothing looks good. But then when you're the area you're in, it's like more crispy, so you can see stuff quite clearly. But then there's no there's no um, atmosphere to the game. It's just so it just so looks bland, like, man. Yeah, like yeah, it just looks yeah, it's it's just looks not very in your game, which is what I didn't understand because in that first thing where they were showing fucking uh, Nightwing going up again, or whoever it was 
going up against um, Mr. Freeze, like there was some like shit popped. And at that time, I thought like, oh, that looks like it's straddling the line between like current gen and next gen, right? And now we've got confirmation for next gen title, and it looks like early PS4 era stuff. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. Why would you show this off like this? I mean, unless you go into that old adage of like maybe that thing we saw two years ago just wasn't real. It probably wasn't. But like as a basis, as a kind of thing of saying like here's an art direction where there's actual color instead of dark navy. Like Yeah. It was it was it weird um to be fair to them, whether what they showed was specifically gameplay of two of the characters, Red Hood and Nightwing, and they were just try- I think they were just trying to show how the characters play in the open world environment. So before we've obviously seen some more of the like, you know, uh, yeah, but where Mr. are you gonna Freeze. be the most most of the time of the game? In that, that open uh, world. Oh, you're gonna be in that open world. Yeah. But what I was gonna say was before we got sort of they showed a little bit more of like you're going to be fighting uh, Mr. Freeze and it's kind of like more of a mission-based thing and you can maybe do more to put the game in its best light. And so if I'm going to be as kind to them as I can possibly be, I will say maybe they just showed us a really boring section of the game to just shine a go. This is what it actually looks like when you're going to be playing. The problem, and so all of the other elements, the story, the voice acting, like the, the mission structures, everything could all be fine. But what they showed here did not look great. It looked like some... So I was trying to think about what it, how it looked to me, and it looked like Outriders crossed with Marvel's Avengers crossed with a bit of like the Division, which is all not good. In a, in it just looked like they smashed a whole bunch of stuff together. <laughs> Taking the worst bits of great. all those games and the worst parts of all those games. The worst parts of all those games. See, for um, for me, it looked like Spider Man, but yeah. shit. Right. Right, and also one of the issues with this is, it, of course, it comes from um, is it is it WB Montreal? Is that where it comes? I from? I believe so. Yeah, so, uh, which is the studio that made um, Arkham Origins, which yes. really stood out as the worst entry in the <laughs> Arkham series. And this isn't in the Arkham series. I'm not saying you know, it's, but it's it's a like it's in obviously in that universe. It's set in Gotham, and it doesn't follow on from the story of, of Arkham Knight. But yeah, I, I feel like they had to come really strong, and they kind of didn't. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've been qu- rather quiet, Jamie. And considering you were the first person to watch the trailer and <laughs> message us and say, oh, I feel bad for saying it's not looking good. I, I always wanted to sanity check because I hadn't spoken to anyone else about it at the time. But yeah, a lot of my thoughts just kind of echo wh- what you guys have been saying, which is that, you know, 14 minutes and a varied 14 minutes as well in terms of like the, you know, the, the showing off the various elements of the game. Um, You'd think there would be something to kind of like latch onto, something that could get it hooked into you, but nothing popped for me at all. And I, I remember over the course of various messages I sent to you guys, I completely uh, feel the exact same way with about you two when it comes to the visuals, and specifically pick up on that idea that Jonesy was talking about about atmosphere. And I thought that one of the things that worked for Arkham Knight so well seven years ago, as crazy as that is to think was that atmosphere and that 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 interpretation of Gotham had so much character and so much detail and even just things of like that persistent sort of dark gothic like over, almost overbearingly like like noirish setting and the fact that it just never fucking stopped raining it was um <laughs> like yeah. gave gave that world so much more personality 
And there were elements of this that, in terms of the yeah, lighting Jamie, and the presentation, this one, it never stops fogging. Well, yeah, it, and that's and that results in it looking flat, and it's kind of like that for me goes to what you were saying, Chris, about kind of that feeling of like a previous generation game. I think we associate that with that that kind of that flat, static kind of um, lighting, uh, which but, doesn't but, do any of the character models any favors, and none of the environments don't you think any favors. It, don't you think it's kind of interesting or weird, maybe that we're saying it looks very last gen? But one of the games that it reminded me of, I'm talking like combat specifically, mm. Spider-Man on PS4, like miles See, ahead. Yeah. Like, I, I think the thing is, whether you're looking at Spider-Man or, again... To, yeah, to, even the old, like, Arkham games. Which, are those those comparisons are inescapable, right? Is yeah. that, like, the combat, and I think it was nailed and, you know, kind of created by the Arkham games, or at least popularized by the Arkham games. Yeah, yeah. But Spider-Man does a very respectable job of yes. doing their variation yeah. on it. It's like, the two, two of the things it does really well are flow and impact. Like, one is you feel like everything's moving together and there is this really kind of, like almost orchestrated setting yeah. to the or the, the and order that you're of doing it and not that yes. there's a system snapping even if you're you. yeah even if you're pressing one button there is there's this flow to it like it like it's choreographed somehow um and an impact because when batman fucking elbows someone and they get knocked out like it feels like you're elbowing someone and this didn't have any of it and this had a lot of to go to another reference jonesy made had a lot of what the avengers had in its uh, version of that style of combat which is that our animation game is not on point. There are so many places in which our things don't line up that characters have to like slide along the ground or like do weird kind of like jerky movements to be in the right place to land a certain combo. And the amount of times, like one of the things I couldn't understand is the first time you see Nightwing properly engage in some combat, he lands on, he uses his really goofy looking flying device yeah. to land oh, yeah, on a yeah. nearby roof and engages two oh, enemies who are about, who are about roof, 15 yeah. feet apart. Which means he has to do this weird prance between them each time, and that is something that Batman does do in the Arkham series. He does like you can press A and do this weird roll, or if you press X and the nearest, or you press Square, whichever controller you're on, and the nearest person to is not that close. Batman will do this kind of like weirdly elaborate long range strike and close the distance to get there. But like, why would you ping pong back and forth between two enemies that are 15 feet apart away if your animation set looked like that? And why and, would you show it off in your showcase? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Beat up Red, one and then go yeah. and beat up the other one. <laughs> then Red Hood comes into it. Red Hood, who's got the the non-lethal bullets, but also kicks people off of skyscrapers. Great, nice. Um, oh, then for for me, it was him. Um, his way of traversing the open world from rooftop to rooftop is by double jumping consistently. Yes, and forever. Because so if it, you want to go from one skyscraper to <coughs> other skyscraper on the other side of the map. You're just going to be doing this like really tedious time spirit, spirit leap. Yeah, like it's just like he's all, he's also got the Iron Man from Avengers thing of like how do you do Arkham Star melee combat with a character who has firearms, which is like well, basically every time you press square, they take up some some kind of gun carter style position. Fire. You press square again, they do another gun card position fire. And so he's just kind of like he's it's like he's doing, you know, when you first learn karate and you do this you step forward with a different strike each time. He's doing that but with pistols, firing non-lethal rounds. And then he's he's got some dumb move which we've all seen before. Literally I just played Horizon, which has the exact same thing, where you like basically latch an explosive device onto someone and then you shoot it, and that's how they end the demo, and the guy fucks it up. 
and like doesn't like doesn't get the like go and rewatch the end of the demo and the guy fucks up the big finish of the combat oh, right, when Red Hood's yeah. meant to shoot the bomb a second time. He does it once on the roof, he does it again on like the 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 court of owls dude who is apparently eight foot tall. Like apparently they've got their own version of Bane and he's like a I don't know. There's a lot wrong with this. Okay, um, so and that, that, that specific point in the trailer towards the end of it where yeah. he was fighting that big super soldier that was like all bulked up and whatever. That reminded me of God of War combat, God of War 2018 right. combat with the, like those lethal hits with a little indicator that you had to like dodge and you kind of going at it. Like, do, do you remember you in God of War, you fight those travelers. Hmm. There's like wandering travelers with the big swords. Uh, I don't Not really. You don't remember it. Oh. All right. Anyway, it reminded me of that. And again, it's like you, you're making it in my mind, you're drawing quite an obvious parallel to that kind of game. That game right. fucking nailed the combat. And I'm just mm. looking at all of this and like nothing is sticking, nothing's cohesive, nothing looks good, and it looks like you've taken five steps backwards from where it was before. To the point, fellas, that when they showed the initial thing, even though people had their misgivings, and I did too, but I was excited by it because I was like, this is, like there's something to latch onto here, as, as you said, Jamie, there's something to latch onto that you can get excited yeah. about. And there was none of it here. Absolutely none of it. Except for the Belfry. Because, hey, <laughs> everyone loves the Belfry. We love Belfry. a Belfry. Yeah, yeah, Belfry. Yeah, super show. So. I, d- I don't know if you guys got this, but I um, actually, no, I think I might have seen someone mention this on our Discord as well. And I, was, I could absolutely was like, yeah, I totally get what they mean. Some of the combat with Red Hood with the pistols reminded me of the combat from um, Gardens of the Galaxy. Uh, in the way that um, Peter Quill like shoots because he's got gun because he's got guns yeah. and he's often against characters that don't. Um, they basically have zero impact. So you've got a character doing like shooting at people, <coughs> and he must be using the guns that the bad guys are using in the film, the Batman, because they're not affecting any <laughs> of the enemies like at all. And one of the things that um, I get really annoyed about, and Jamie mentioned this, was like impact, like combat that has no impact, where you just look like you're doing your thing, the enemies are not re- responding to you. And it just doesn't look that, it just doesn't look fun. And I think that was the main thing. And, and the difference with Guardians of the Galaxy, whilst the combat wasn't particularly strong in that game and could feel a bit like bun, bullet spongy enemies and things, mm. the everything else in that game I thought was so strong, like the voice acting, the story, mm. you know, everything, it kind of made up for it. And that game was so bombastic in a lot, a lot of the stuff that it did. Like when you called your team in to kind of do a huddle and then you would have some stupid like pep talk and everyone would go and fight again you got around the fact that the combat wasn't very good. But in a game like this, if the combat isn't very good, it's a combat game. Like, what mm. What exactly are you going to be doing apart from that? Also, there's a, probably you could say, there's an expectation, even though it's not a continuation of Arkham, as we've said, but like, it, it's a Batman game developed by Warner Brothers. There's an expectation mm. as to what you're getting. Whereas, let's say with Guardians of the Galaxy, like, I don't know what this is. It could be anything. So you kind of like give it benefit of the doubt. But coming into this, you may be a little bit more critical. Yeah, I've, yes. got a, I've got a question for you, fellas. You know when he went into infiltrate the Court of Owls HQ, whatever it was, mm. and he put on his detective vision, or I think they called it a, uh, AR vision, whatever it was. Yeah. Did that not seem like really fucking archaic to you? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the, the same the whole thing system. we've seen him a million times before, like basically like thermally X-ray kind of vision of a building, tracer wire, and yeah. then like, so, yeah. The thing for me is like, that's fine to have. Like, I understand the need for it at Detective Vision or whatever it was in multiple games that have had it. 
but it just kind of feel like they haven't iterated on it enough and they haven't moved the, the goalposts with that kind of thing at all. And that's kind right. of emblematic of the whole game to me, or at least that the showcase was that nothing is forward looking at all. It's not you'd innovating expect them to have, on anything. Yeah. You'd expect them to have moved a certain distance from Arkham Knight, not yeah. just be doing, redoing the same yeah. stuff that that game did. And, yeah. it, and the thing is like, there was a point in time where if you told me that about this game, I'd have said, fine, like this is a WB Montreal game because Rocksteady have moved on and they've got that license and they've got that combat system and they've got a version of Gotham and like, and there's a version of Gotham Knights that should have come out in like fucking 2018 on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro and everything would have been fine. Yeah. And yet we're still here seven years on from Arkham Knight. We haven't had a single game in that kind of expend, expanded or extended universe. Rocksteady in their own way have been taking their sweet time. Um, and you just kind of get left thinking like, the goalposts have moved in that time and you have to be aware that you have to move with them, such as the nature of game development. And the worrying sign here is that I worry that they haven't. And there, there could still be fun to be had, obviously. Uh, that combat could feel very different. And for as much as like you look at the, the, the references we're making here, whether it's Marvel's Avengers or um, Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, like I had fun with those games in their own unique way. We've got two characters we're yet to see in Robin and Batgirl that maybe yeah. they get their own stream at some point. And, and, of and course, this game could live or die on co-op. Exactly, and like maybe it's fun with a friend, which we didn't get to do in, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, although it didn't do Marvel's Avengers any favors. Um, yeah, like there's 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 escape routes for a game like this to kind of find the fun in the next six months, um, or maybe it just hasn't shown us the fun yet, but. Yeah, pretty but rough. Then, but then why have of... a fourteen minute showcase? Don't have fun to show. Surely that's all you do. I, I think there could be a saving grace with this in this sense in the in the sense of, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the thing that made that for me was the characters, the story and all of that. And it was I had a lot of fun with that. It was far from perfect. I think a lot of few people have said, I think we've said before as well, it's a game that would really benefit from a sequel because you could build on the initial outing. This and Jamie and I were chatting to the, chatting about this just before the pod. This is a game that is actually an offline, you can play it as an offline single player story open world RPG game, in which case there could be so much to be had in the story and in the characters and, you know, in, in the enemies that you fight and in utilizing the DC universe because it's a completely original story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that it could be that it lives on that and it's actually brilliant. And the combat isn't the best part. And some of the stuff we've seen is like, kind of like, oh, it would have been better if they'd have they'd have made this section of the game better. But that is still a massive if. <coughs> yeah. So it is and, we, and like you said, we we need to see more of that side of it because it's not really getting me that excited from what we've seen of this stuff. Yeah. Like by by all means, show me the gear upgrades that you know exist in every single fucking game with a, a gear score, the stuff that other like, yeah, okay, fine. Show me the fucking back computer where you go and you choose. Like, yeah, fine. You know, like, but don't show that to me in the showcase where you throwing off your release version of a game. Like, compare it to a previous Warner Brothers uh, showcase in Hogwarts Legacy. Well, they will, uh, yeah, arguably, the Legacy showcase was so much better at showing you the world 
like what you can expect from the entirety of the game. It did you, a know, great you know what I got shown of... with this, Jonesy? Combat that is slow and boring and ineffectual. A boring user interface that has no thought put into it, clearly. And the world's slowest motorcycle chase. <laughs> like, I didn't understand how, why it was so slow. Sorry, Chris, it's actually a bat cycle, please. Sorry, <laughs> bat cycle. Maybe that's why I was so fucking slow. Honestly, it felt like I could have walked. Like, it's like one of those like comedy films where these guys are racing and then they look on the pavement and there's just like a granny walking at the same pace that they're going. <laughs> I don't understand why it felt like it was going so slowly. You, uh, there was, was another thing that, one thing that bugged me about that as well, that entire little chase was then the section where he jumps off the bat cycle and then he has a fight with the guy, kicks him out of the thing and then flips the van over. I'm like, that is just lifted completely out of um, Spider-Man. Like that's yeah. that when they used is. to he chased down the 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 car when the bad guys were doing it and he would like dodge one side, dodge the other, flip the car over. But um, going back to your point about traversal, there's what and there's a there's a couple of little things that worried me, and I'm going to drop my conspiracy theory here because I know because Jamie was telling me all the reasons I was wrong, and he's right. But I'm going to drop it. Anyway. It's just a dumb conspiracy theory. It's like a, a conspiracy theory <laughs> that shouldn't even exist. So it's a Chinese like, theory. Yeah, no, it is absolutely. But I'm getting yeah. It's, so it's based on nothing. It exists put, in his head. Put your tinfoil hat on <laughs> for a second. You don't need to. You don't need to. I'm telling you. <laughs> because so some of the stuff in this in this gameplay thing, and also weirdly things like the traversal, like we've said about the weird traversal systems that don't look fun. They just kind of look odd. Like they look like weird ways to get you around the city too quickly. Frankly, which is always strange in an open world game because usually they're trying to limit the way you can traverse. They're not trying to give you like, oh, here's a jet hang glider that can get you anywhere you want to go. I think after you've done this, the campaign, right, I wouldn't be surprised if there were elements of uh, microtransactions. Not, it's, not a, it's not a permanently live game, right? It's not, a, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were elements of that, like always live kind of thing started coming into it. And there was money coming into it and there was like, oh, and it felt more like Marvel's Avengers down the line. Not on release. But in what so way? basically, what, what you've just heard, Chris, there's is a few warning because, signs. Because the combat and the jumping looks like Marvel's Avengers, Jonesy thinks Gotham Knights is a secret games-as-a-service title that won't be revealed as such until after its release. Potentially. I mean, look, it, look at what they did with the, what was it, Shadow of War? Right. Some of the stuff there. Like, I, that I was could, Warner I Brothers, wasn't get it? A, get a bit aggressive with the but, microtransactions. And they've said there are no microtransactions and they've said it's not as a game as a service. So let me just say this is, I'm making this all up. So nobody, nobody hear me say that and think that's what it is. And, and Jamie's fantastic. already, Jamie's already chewed me out for it. Yeah, I, I, Jonesy and I talked about this for like, probably like maybe half an hour straight, just back and forth. Like at one point I was fact checking the original press release when the division was announced <laughs> in June of 2013. That's how stupid the conversation got. Um, on my part as well. That's but, not me. Can I, can I give you guys that a is, bit of That a, is my conspiracy theory. Definitely a Jonesy theory. Um, can I give you guys no damning statement than this, okay? Uh, a reply to one of my tweets from DC for Life, good old Bill Caesar, friend of the channel, uh, replying, calling it lackluster, I call, I call it game, lackluster. Calling it lackluster is very generous. Let's just call it what it is, <laughs> crap. So crap, in fact, that it could be used as evidence in the Depp Heard trial. <laughs> wow. And he has Yikes. DC for life in his name. 
I, I can I can completely appreciate that because I can imagine as a DC fan looking on that and with all the hope that you must have for like what this could be and just being like, oh, they've they've probably yeah. fucked me over. I, I've had people go even further and saying that um, they think that Suicide Squad is going to be bad off of the viewing of of this game, which is mental. But like that's that's how bad this showing was. That is pervading the other DC title that's being made by Warner Brothers. Right. Okay. Interesting. Time will it's tell, a, I guess. Yeah. I will tell. Well, that was Gotham Knights. Um, <laughs> I guess, fucking <laughs> hell. Do you know what's going to be interesting? Because we've now got to prepare ourselves. It's mid-May. We're about to obviously roll into a summer that is not going to be jam-packed with you know crazy reveals and things like that. But there will be plenty of first looks and gameplay reveals and gameplay deep dives of games to come. So... Um, we'll see how many hot takes there are to follow. I will say, boys, that is it in terms of big, chunky news stories. But can I try a little experiment with, on you both? You see, because um, I don't know if the folks at home kind of pick up on this when they you know, get a sense of what we do and don't talk about as we go, but there are lots of different things that happen throughout the games industry and piece of news that break throughout the week that we can't really talk about because they're just kind of like, you make the statement and it's done. There's oh, it's not like, like Gotham one Knights. One shots, one shots. Maybe exactly. we should have a segment called like one shots. Well, I've I put a segment on um uh on on our document that we have called other hashtag fun tidbits. And I thought the way I keep this fresh and also not let this podcast run on too long is uh, embrace yourself for this because this is extreme. I'm going to alternate between the two of you, and you will have maximum one word to respond to these each each headline with. So right. literally, you can't go over a word. So, Jonesy, if I were to start with you, I yep. would say uh, Babylon's Fall has dropped to just one concurrent player on PC, and you would say... Steph. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it is, Steph? of course... Yeah, Steph Murphy. He Steph is the Murphy's one the only one playing on Babylon's, Babylon's Fall. Fall. Yeah, I can believe Although it. Although I will say we did get a great comment. I think you got a great comment, Chris, on Twitter from Grimm saying it's the one YouTuber who's making a video about the death of Babylon. Yeah, which I that, that was, that was, oh, no, that was, was that Grim or was that Hooded Dude? Um, I, I, I can't remember. I, I'll find out now, but yeah, shout out to that comment because that was the best take. I, it, that was the, literally the perfect take. Um, Let me see, hold on. I'll tell you who it was. You carry on and I'll... I'll yeah, in the meantime, Jonesy... I'd like to I'll give him the shout out they need. I'll go back to you because EA uh, did their sort of uh, uh, yearly, their annual earnings call this week which included a forecast as to what they've got going on in q4 of their fiscal year which runs up until sort of march ish 2023 uh so mm-hmm. we've got a few bits and pieces out of that first of all dead space the remake has a, an official release date january 27th 2023 Woo-hoo. tasty tasty the other thing i'll say and this wasn't part of yeah, their, sorry, uh, I, earnings I, I believe it was hood by the way nice either way a, like an OG goated comment. Chris, over to you. One yes. thing that wasn't part of the EA's earning call, but as of this afternoon, I can confirm courtesy of insider Jeff Grubb. We'll see if he's wrong, but he's usually right on this kind of stuff. The sequel to Jedi Fallen Order is probably going to be called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Okay. That, I feel like that didn't give you an erection. Um, that's disappointing. It's just a bit weird because it sounds like, like that... that um... Reality TV show Survivor. Survivor. Which I'm a big oh, I thought fan you were going to say Destiny's Child song. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Originally, sure, it was going to be called the, Star Wars Jedi, I'm a Survivor. The, the thing with Jeff Grubb is, like, unless it's corroborated, 
by other yes. people, I kind of sometimes I'm fifty fifty with I leave him being serious or just making a joke. <laughs> he does make a lot of jokes. This one didn't seem like one. He basically he has a weekly show, and this time last week he yeah. went on. It was like he basically he has said he knows what it's called, but he does this thing where he will only acknowledge it if someone guesses it correctly. Yeah, and it fair. happened this week. Uh, someone guessed it, and he said, "Yeah, someone's got it. It's this." But I mean, um, yeah, like okay, fucking name. Well, one that might be a bit more up your street, Chris, is that um, publisher 505 Games has announced they're going to have their first ever digital product showcase. Um, the uh, and it's actually like this, like next week or something. It's soon. Oh. Um, the reason that's of interest is because Remedy Entertainment announced last June that it was te- teaming up with 505 to make two new control games. So, could we be about to get our first look at the future of the Control series? Do you want a one-word answer? Boing! Yeah. Um, I, I, not I, I, a word, I, just I, a noise. I don't believe it to be I true, like though. I, I, like, if they announced it last year, I don't necessarily see, think well, we'll see something. The, the, Although, only, the only thing that yeah, had potentially going for it is that they announced two Control games, and my understanding was... One of them was like a smaller, I think, co-op experience, and the other was a bigger, like, big-budget sequel. Right. If one of them really was like a double-A control game, like a spin-off control game, that could be ready, and that would be the kind of thing, like, what would make a publisher like 505 go, we need to do our first-ever showcase? A control yeah. sequel would, could be one of those things. Yeah. A sequel to Control and Alan Wake. It's just, that is, well, it's just going to be Death Stranding Director's Cuts 2. That I mean, probably. I will also say there was an Alan Wake stream today, and they confirmed no uh, Alan right. Wake two info all summer. Oh, yeah, right. but, yeah. That's me, but me Alan Wake up. coming to the Switch. Wee. Yes, Alan Wake coming to the Switch. That's pretty cool. Um, two quick, two quick ones. Uh, Jonesy, Nintendo had uh, their shittest ever Indie World showcase. There were twenty games, and none of them are worth talking about. Didn't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, don't. And Chris, we touched on it earlier, but let's get confirmation. Elden Ring shipped. 13.4 million units. You know what, Jamie? I'm not going to give you away. I'm just going to give you an emote. Chef's kiss. Very nice. Fucking amazing. I, can I have it? Like, well, well over, deserved. Over, frankly. Oversold. 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 Wow. Hot takes from Jonesy to wrap Jonesy, up the show. you know what? I, I will give that to you when you play the game, okay? <laughs> All right. Play the All game right. and then tell me it was oversold. But I think that's a fucking fantastic milestone. Like, really, really impressive. That and, is a lot of units. <laughs> That's a lot of units. I think there's a fucking code word. <laughs> That's a lot of units. Get that code word down in the comment down below. You know what else is a great milestone? End of a podcast? A great and never not just the end of a podcast, Chris, the end of a one hundred and twenty second episode of a podcast, which is exactly what we've arrived at now. So thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Remember you can reach out to us on YouTube or Twitter at SuperShowPod. You can support us at patreon.com forward slash supershow. You can engage with us in whichever way you see fit. Either way, we're going to be back here, same place, same time next week for more hot gaming news and arguments and tinfoil hat conspiracies <laughs> and comments about Elon Musk, whether you like it or not. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Bye. Bye.